Yo, what's going on? We're back again. Another episode of the WrestlePurist podcast, episode 85, if I'm not mistaken, hosted by myself, Joe Hulbert, Manny the Hooper, and Charlie. Uh, today, we're going to review AEW Dynamite, like we do every Thursday, and uh, we're going to look ahead to the rest of the week, of course, with Forbidden Door, uh, some announcements for um, the AEW made for Collision and Rampage, and, uh, you know, like I said, looking at the rest of the week ahead. And, of course, some news stories, as we always touch on. Um, But first things first, please like, subscribe, turn on our post notifications, and send Super Chats if you're feeling generous. Always, always appreciated. Hope everyone's doing good. Uh, We'll throw it to my co-host first. I'll start with you, Joe Hulbert. How are you doing today, mate? I mean, I think you know that already, right? I'm terrific, mate. This is a triumphant season. It is, it is time for victory laps and, and celebrations and jubilance and revelry, so on and so forth. Um, what a time to be alive, my friend. What a time to be alive. Just enjoying it. Just enjoying the ride. Big night ahead. Got this show, then got the late night grin, so I'm thrilled to be here, as always, on the flagship. How are you, Monty? Yeah, man, I'm good. You know, everything, uh, the air's just a bit crisper these days, you know. Everything's a little sweeter. You know, um, pep in the step, so to speak, you know, yeah, man, just everything just got a little bit more energy and mm-hmm. life to it, you know. Uh, I know how you're feeling, Joe, and obviously, we're uh, very happy to have you as always. Uh, Charlie, I'll throw it to you next. How are you doing today? I'm doing good, I'm doing good. Dynamite last night was a real fun one. Um, just spent today basically getting ready to fly to Canada tomorrow, so that's exciting. I'm very, yes. very excited about that. It's going to be a lot of tweeting during that, so if you follow me, I'm sorry, but also. You've saw what happened with the bowler and revolution trips. I just tweet a lot during them, so but I'm pumped up. It's been a good time. Yeah, of course, you're going to going over to Canada for the weekend mm-hmm. uh, to go see Forbidden Door. You know those long travels that you do for wrestling that you will yeah. soon be famous for. You're going to be like the <laughs> the wrestling travel blogger. You know, yeah. We're going to get the That's we're going right, right. to get the vlog of Wrestle Kingdom in 2025. You know, it's going to be a beautiful stuff. <laughs> Beautiful stuff, uh, but glad to hear that you're excited. Uh, Manny the Hooper, joining us via mobile phone because of some technical difficulties. You are a very happy Spurs fan today, it seems. Uh, how are you doing, though, man? Man, of course, on all days, my Wi-Fi goes out when the Spurs have the first pick of the draft. And then I have uh, two podcasts, so, uh, you know, it's been a crazy day, especially from work, my work side. So, um, yeah. And you guys should be happy too. A fellow European is getting drafted number one, mm. you know. Yes. Lots There's of celebration about that today, yes. Yeah, the, ho- the whole of Europe is bouncing, you know. <laughs> the sister country, you know, of England. The sister <laughs> Anyway. It's been, a, it's been a whole thing. Everyone's been talking about money, right? Everyone's been talking about it. It's oh, yeah, of course, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I forgot parts of Dynamite because I've been too busy listening to NBA draft coverage all day and last night while watching Dynamite. Yeah. Deep in it. Wouldn't expect anything less from the Hooper, you know. It's in the name. It's in the name. Um, But, yeah, of course, keep Super Chats coming. Always appreciate it. We'll get to those shortly. But uh, first things first, I want to – let's just jump straight into the Dynamite review, I'm thinking. Um, So, yeah, AEW Dynamite. Live from the Wintrust Arena in Chicago. Crowd was good. Crowd was good. And one sec, I'm just having a little miss up. I can't scroll. There we go. Got the results and everything up here. Um, yeah, AW Dynamite live from Chicago. 
good crowd. Um, on paper, it wasn't. I didn't see too many people overjoyed and excited mm. for the card, you know. But I think overall, it was a decent show. Um, but yeah, man, let's uh, let's dive into it. Uh, first, first thing we got on the show was the Guns. They defeated the Hardys. Uh, but they didn't defeat the Hardys by themselves. There was, of course, a bunch of interruptions towards the end of the match, but it could gold. Jay White Juice Robinson got involved by pushing Jeff Hardy off the top rope behind the referee's back. Guns hit the finisher, won the match. After the match, the Guns, but it could gold. They all attacked the Hardys. Uh, Ricky starts, attempts to make the save, fails because, of course, he gets outnumbered. FDR, they tried to get involved. Huge pop for them. Uh, but also, they also ended up uh, failing. And then there was a chance for CM Punk. And then CM Punk makes his big return to Dynamite. He makes the run in. He evens up the score in the in the ring. The, uh, the baby faces clear the ring of the heels. There's, uh, you know, uh, the, the, the baby faces, they're all kind of linked up together. There's all, you know, victorious chants, etc., etc. Punk grabs a mic, says he's not supposed to be here. But you'll see those guys... Um, on collision next week, um, yeah, man, it was only it was only a quick CM Punk return to Dynamite, mm. but uh, you know the crowd was very happy to see him, and uh, yeah, he, he set up a match for even though I believe that he misspoke because he said next week, and I believe the match got yeah. announced for this week, so um, yeah. you know he set up a match for later in the week, so a nice little bit of dis- business, and I would say that the Guns versus the Hardy was definitely a match as we previewed yesterday. It was kind of like. You know, I was mm-hmm. kind of um, sceptical about to say at least. But I think uh, it had good heat and they did what they kind of needed to do, you know. And uh, as, a, as a whole segment to open the show, I felt, I felt like it worked. Joe, what did you think of this one? Yeah, I agree. I, I definitely thought the match was better than expected. I thought credit to them. I thought the guns were really really damn good in that, in that opening match. Now, I don't want to overstate the match itself. It's just a decent little match. Didn't go particularly long as it shouldn't. But I thought the guns were good. And they're... Um, they certainly push me to my personal limits in terms of the way they take bumps and the way they do that stuff. I mean, it's, it's very, very excessive, and I understand that's their quirk. It can be jarring for me sometimes just how far they go with it. But I thought in this particular scenario at work, because let's be frank, and I don't mean this is a slight on the fellas, but at this point in their careers, the Hoddies need some help in that regard anyway, right, in terms of making their stuff look, you know, like it has some zip and, and some, um, some intensity. So I thought they did an admirable job and, you know, if nothing else, you can always get heat on Jeff as a baby face in peril. So I actually would have had a decent little match. The post-match I thought was really, really exciting. Um, you kind of build up of babyface saves, mm-hmm. right? They liked Ricky, <laughs> they loved FTR, and obviously they adored CM Punk. Um, and it was very funny the way Punk like used his 30 seconds of promo time to make it clear that he is in fact a collision guy. I sense we are headed to a world in which like no one takes the split seriously other than Punk, which is very which is very funny to me. Like like everyone's back and forth because Tony's given on him. Punk's still like Saturdays is where it's done. And that's Andrade the, you know, seems to be taking well, it pretty seriously as well. True, true, true. Yeah. I, I actually like <laughs> Waving that. The I flag. Like that one. Indeed. I like that. So I thought this was a good piece of business, as you said. And uh shout out to the guns for for a nice performance in the opening match. And you know, the Hardys look. If nothing else, people love the Hardys, right? Like, you see in the yeah, opening spot how much they love them. So, I enjoyed this first block of the show, for sure. Yeah, man, good stuff. Uh, Charlie, did you enjoy this one? What do you think? Yeah, I thought it was pretty solid. It definitely wasn't what I thought it was going to be in terms of quality. They definitely succeeded that. 
Um, I thought it was a lot of fun, honestly. Like, I kind of like the guns' excessive selling. I think it's quite funny. I I just enjoy them <laughs> as an act, like, mostly outside of their wrestling. So, like, when they can get me to enjoy their wrestling as well, I'm a lot more all-in on them as a tag team. Um, like, the post-match stuff was just really fun, I thought. I thought it was great. And I guess it, it is guns up for the Bang Bang Gang, so we'll see where this goes on Collision. <laughs> Can't wait to see that match. I was hoping that would never get quoted again on here. But, you know, <laughs> here we are. But we're rolling with you now. I've got to do it. Uh, Manny, what did you think of this? Uh, the match and, of course, most importantly, um, you know, Punk's big return to Dynamite and the kind of angle and how much crowd was into that. Well, they welcome Tumblr Hero, you know. That's all I can say for, for CM Punk's re-debut of Dynamite. And, honestly, if this match took me back to a time of early WWF tag team wrestling. You know, I just, that's what it took me to. It was really solid and fun. It's probably like my favorite thing on the show. And then also the promo that they did during the show where Juice Robinson was talking about how he can't, he takes eight hours a nap or eight hours sleep. That was really good stuff. Yeah, that was really good. If there's one thing that Manny the Hooper is, a revered expert of its early WWF tag team wrestling. He's very, very well versed in that regard. So it's interesting you saw that, man. I may have to dig into the old archives for that one. Yeah, it's interesting. Very nice. He's a, you know, he's a, he's a well cultured man. You know, he's, uh, he's in everything far and wide. Yeah, it's, it's the hoop, it's the hooper, bro. You know, it's yeah. what we're dealing with here. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, after all this, we went straight into Mark Briscoe versus Jeff Jarrett in the concession stand brawl. Um, yeah, man, this was uh, this is definitely different, of course, as it was meant to be, you know. Um, and yeah, man, I guess it was, I guess it was a bit of fun, you know. It was all right. Uh, I wasn't like super, super into it or anything, but you know, it didn't offend me in any way. Uh, but yeah, it was a fun match. Of course, it took us around the whole arena. Uh, there was a lot of use of props and stuff like that. And then towards the end, there was like loads of interferences, but like not a uh, not a nauseating amount or anything. Like it was just you know it was just a fun concession stand brawl, whatever it's called match. You know, um, Charlie, what did you think of this one? Um, I thought it was like for what it was, it was a good time. It wasn't something that I was particularly like into. I just like seeing Mark Briscoe wrestle, and that's what I was here for. And like all the run-ins at the end with like Papa Briscoe and the Lucha Brothers, Christopher Daniels, and best friends that popped me huge. And I was like, yeah, this is the kind of shit I was here for in this kind of match. So I enjoyed mm-hmm. it for what it was. Yeah, man, Papa Briscoe putting a jelly for for a table is definitely one of the highlights. Um, well, yeah, towards the end, it all kind of you know, unfolded into basically chaos, you know, sat down coming down and then four men having to come down to like tumble him and including the Lucha Bros, um, Phoenix on a crazy dive. Um, yeah, man, it was quite chaotic towards the end. Joe, what did you think of this one? So before I go any further, I want to, I want to kind of establish, I did not see the Aubrey Edwards tag, which it seems to have been when a lot of people like lost their way with this feud. Um, with that established, I have to say that I thought this was fucking awesome. I loved this match, and I was amazed to see that it was like a terribly divisive and polarizing affair that has a, like a five on cage match. I, I oh, thought this was an absolute. Sounds a bit harsh. Um, Jeff Jarrett sporting like just absurd amount of mustard in his hair. 
and Mark still opting to drag him by the hair every time was incredible detail, I thought. Um, throwing literal hot dogs at a man, incredible. Paper plates. I mean, this is the kind of graps I'm looking for, quite frankly. Um, Mark Briscoe also finding the time to throw like the best work punches on the show in this match. <laughs> Tremendous. <laughs> the Papa Briscoe spot where Jay Leaf will only recognize him once he took his hat off, even though he wasn't wearing a mask. Even better. Um, so many things to enjoy about this, and it went eight minutes, I believe, was the exact <laughs> was the exact runtime for this match. They've they got in all these run-ins. I mean, I know it's not for everyone. I'm obviously being silly and saying I'm surprised there wasn't, but I honestly thought this was like a blast. I thought this was really fun TV. It was um, fun. Yeah, I, I, I actually really, really enjoyed it. I get why Jarrett is like, he's on the show a lot, so I totally get it. But personally, I thought it was a hoot. Good stuff, good stuff. Manny, what did you think? This was fun. Uh, the, I feel bad for the people who have to clean this mess up after. <laughs> Just, you know the workers and then uh seven on scene man he's fucking awesome bro i need to see him wrestle some more he, he just comes out there looking like a boss you know just taking all these offense he's awesome i i wish he wrestles like in a suit because it just makes him look even so much cooler and then uh uh papa briscoe it's built him up, man. He he has the he has the right stuff to be a champion. Name, <laughs> <man>. <laughs> you see Let's the see, way he uh, throws those lariats? He did a choke slam, bro. <laughs> so awesome. A, where did Mark Briscoe get all these luchador friends, bro? I don't know where he gets them from. You see how they all came down <laughs> and helped him? Oh, and Christopher Daniels. He teamed with the uh, yeah. brothers, like Revolution. I saw that yeah. match live. But that's yeah. why I knew that they had come down. But yeah, because then when they won the Fuck belts, that, that was the whole thing, right? It was they was like Mark's yeah. friends won the belts. Manny, yeah, you man. reviewed all of this stuff. What is? What? <laughs> 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 this was right uh, in between the finals, man. What do you? What do you? Like, I can't remember everything. It's somewhat based in law, so it's gone completely over his head. Fair. That's fair. Yeah, yeah. Happens to the best of us, especially the Hooper. Um, but yeah, this was definitely a fun time, you know. Um, not for everyone, of course, uh, as these things, well, they're never going to be, you know, it's literally a concession stand brawl, you know, Jeff Jarrett and Mark Briscoe. So, um, yeah, well, good shoot, good shoot, Weevil. Um, all right, next up, we had the Blackpool Comeback Club promo. Uh, and yeah, basically, the gist of this is Moxie challenges the Elite to a five versus five match, which will include on the Blackpool Combat Club side, it will be himself, Takeshita, Willie Yuta, Claudio, and New Japan show Arumino uh, versus the Elite. And on that side, it will be Hangman Page, Eon Books, and two other wrestlers that the Elite need to find to team with them. Um, Brian Danielson then takes over the promo. Uh, to build his segment later. Uh, hints at Okada's a coward if he doesn't show up when he calls him out. And, uh, yeah, of course, building a match for Forbidden Door. Uh, but, yeah, man, uh, of course we know who the who the other two members are going to be, as mm-hmm. it was revealed later in the show, Eddie Kingston and Tomohiro Ishii. Um, it's going to be a good one, you know. Uh, I don't think anyone is expecting less. Um, but, yeah, I was actually quite... I don't know if I want to say surprise is the right word, but I wasn't like expecting this on Forbidden Door. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, Charlie, I'll throw it to you first. What did you make of um, 
of course, this is a great promo because, as yeah. all Blackpool club promos, Black Blackpool comeback club promos are. Um, but what did you think of the segment and, of course, the uh, the matchup? It seems like we're going. Um, it wasn't really the match I was expecting. Like them throwing Takeshi to back with Blackpool Combat Club. It's just like every time I think I've cracked it, they just throw another curveball at me. I'm just <laughs> like, okay, I guess I'll just let it play out at this point. But um, no, I'm really excited for it. Like that is like an insane lineup for this ten man tag. Like the amount of talent in it is kind of crazy, which makes like it's it goes to show like the, for the rest of the card that they can put this caliber of talent in a match, and the rest of the card doesn't suffer for it. So I'm really excited for this one. It's going to be a good time. There's so much story, like layers of story in this match as well. Really good shit. Uh, Manny, yes, you followed up for this <laughs> tell him, tell the people about it, man. It was awesome, bro. I don't know if it was vintage or not, man. That's the age distracted me the whole time. He just looked like a fucking boss. Many, many left the first like twenty minutes of this shot, man. I need that to catch the Satnam Singh match, and honestly, he might be on the same, bro. <laughs> he might, he might be on the same. I don't know. He usually is, man. You know, you if. Uh... If you dig deep enough, you'll find what money's on to, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But no, yeah, Joe. Uh, my super motion with Tony Khan getting Bellator. Well, don't want to burst your bubble, but we'll get to it, you know. Uh, <laughs> uh, Joe, what did you make of this uh, segment, match announcement, etc., etc.? Yeah, this was an interesting deal because I, I think we all knew that Eddie was going to team up with the Elite at some juncture against Blackpool Combat Club, but I'm not sure any of us quite saw it coming this soon, right? Which was was interesting, even. Last night, I went in the complete opposite direction and wondered if he'd be teaming with Moxley on this occasion. So, um, interesting. I like the way it gave the show a hook throughout the night. You had a follow-up, as we'll get to, and then the, it was the final segment. I thought that was pretty, you know, pretty... Honestly, they don't do that stuff often enough, frankly. So, all that was neat. And uh, Moxley's always a great promo. I mean, he's he had one line about Takeshi, and it made Takeshi look even better than ever. So, like, <laughs> that's, the, that's the art of doing a promo. And also, it's not just doing the promo... Moxley's reaction to Brian's promo, right? Like the yeah. the Moxley's the glee on his face as he was shit talking O'Card. Like you're asking for it, but I can't wait to see what happens. So, um, yeah, I like this a lot. I always love seeing those guys on TV. Yeah, man, uh, definitely going to be a good one this week and on Forbidden Door. Uh, next up, we had Chris Jericho, Sammy Guevara, and Nora Suzuki defeating Action Andretti, AR Fox, and Darius Martin. Um, yeah, man. Uh, so, like I said, Chris Jericho, Sammy, and Suzuki, they get the win after the match. Renee gets in the ring to interview Jericho, and she asks him about Sting, who he came face to face with last week. Um, Jericho then calls Sting a whore. <laughs> challenges, Sting, <laughs> challenges Sting to a six-man tag. Himself, Suzuki, and Guevara versus Sting, Darby, and an opponent of their choosing. Sting then makes his entrance, and uh, Sting and Darby pretty much accept the challenge, and they say that they will announce their third man on Saturday's collision. So, um, yeah, what what did you guys think of the match? And of course, any guesses to who the third man might be? I'll throw it to you first, Charlie. I thought the match was a lot of fun. Like just like seeing Suzuki wrestle like any time is a lot of fun. And throwing him in with high flyers always makes me laugh because he'll always bring him down to his level. So like those interactions mm. were a lot of fun. And AR Fox got his shit in like. Darius and Action Andretti had some cool spots, and Sammy got his shit in as well. I thought I just thought it was a really good time. Um, I don't know who the third man's going to be. I've seen a lot of random names thrown around. I don't think it's Goldberg. 
sorry to disappoint anyone that's wanting it to be Goldberg. <laughs> um, I've seen like Naito, uh, Shingo, which both would make sense. Um, I thought like the emphasis they were putting on time. I was just like, is it Hiromu? But I have no idea. Mm-hmm. It'll be fun, mm. no matter if it's like any of those three guys. It'll be fun. So definitely a few options. Joe. Hmm. Well, I think just quickly to to kind of piggyback off the who the third man is. I think they're the three names, right? Because Shingo and Hiromu were linked with Sting and Darby last year. Obviously, Hiromu couldn't make the show, but they were the dudes of attitudes in in you know intended to be anyway. And Shingo made the show, of course. But he did say about you've got quite a few rivals and enemies, and that would that was just Naito. So I think Naito, as for the match, is, is becoming a theme as we do this show. Um, Exceeded expectations. I thought this was a really weird match on paper, as I probably was probably clear by my face when we talked about it last night. I was kind of, not that I thought it would be bad, it just was a slightly strange usage of the guys involved, I thought, on the, on the kind of star team. Um, big time credit to Jericho, who really, I thought, made an effort of picking up the slack and allowing Suzuki to just do the Suzuki things, right? You don't want Suzuki mm-hmm. out there trying to, you know, feed Darius Martin necessarily. You want him to just hit people and do his, do his act. So <laughs> they allowed Suzuki to play the hits. And a lot of that was Jericho working super, super hard alongside Sammy, who we expected to play that role. So I would imagine you see the expectation of what was a hoot, actually. And, uh, man, the crowd loved it. They always love seeing Suzuki, so there's no surprise. But, yeah, I, re- I actually really enjoyed it. I thought it was a, a triumph, to be honest. Good stuff, good stuff. Um, Manu, any guesses to who the third man might be and any thoughts on the match at all? I think your sleeper is Ultimo Dragon. Uh, okay. <laughs> Fair. Um. Yeah, I just want like Jericho really worked his ass off towards the end of the towards the end of the match. He started like going like, well, not super speed, like Jericho, like super fast Jericho speed. Like he was just keeping up with <laughs> Darius at different parts of the match, which was really cool and yeah, fun little match. Suzuki rules when he's ever on TV. He does. He does. Um. I'm leaning towards. I'm leaning towards Naito. I'm with you on that one, Hall. But um, I mean, yeah, that the Derby line about old enemies, like it's just yeah. kind of like, yeah, and also building up to it. Naito is the biggest pop for the audience too, right? If the candidate, I mean, Shingo's obviously a star in his own right, so is Romeo, but yeah, he's all the both. Naito is the one that that crowd will most explode for, and I think he wasn't on the show last year, was he? No, he was not. Um, yeah, I, I mean, let's be real. Like the real headline here is Sting and Suzuki doing the dance, right? I mean, that is, yeah. you talk about some fire pro wrestling business. I mean, that's outrageous. That's tremendous. So, yeah, a lot to like that's here for shit. sure. That's good shit. Uh, before we continue, we've got a couple of super chats. Keep them coming. We always appreciate them. Um, Darren Cagey, $5. Oh, my. We got the WrestlePurist flagship pod followed by a late night grin. Feels like I'm watching a double feature at the theatre. Good. Listen, like we said at the start of the podcast, it's great times, you know what I mean, mate? Mm-hmm. Um, if you're not subscribed to the Late Night Group, then do it, you know? Because that's where uh, the Hulbert and Co. and Manny and Co. will um, will be directly after this one. So, beautiful stuff, beautiful stuff. Always appreciate you, Darren. Um, Seth Rich Rogan, $5. Punk increases the demo number for Dynamite, but the Elite have a better quarter hour than Punk. Uh, everybody wins. I mean, everybody does win because good graps, you know. Good graps is about right now, you know. <laughs> uh, good stuff, good stuff. Pylons, 
$5. Juice Robinson for most improved 2023. It'd be interesting to put him in that category because it's kind of like he's found himself again rather than yeah, like... Yeah. Um, <clears throat> it's like a return like, of form. Ra- yeah, like, rather than like, um, you know, like Mina Shirakawa last year. Like she literally went from point A to point B. Do you know what I mean? Like, um, yeah. Who do you think the, is, Who's the favourite right now for that award? I don't know, it's still a bit early, don't you no. think? Like, we're in, um, is there like a is there a guy who's Yeah, no, for sure. But I mean like is there an is there an early story of that ill? Because I'm with you, I don't think Juice fits the description. Is, um, there, is, there, is there someone who we're seeing kind of do this as we go here? What do you reckon? Uh I don't know, man. I don't know. You seem to amused there by an option. Was you thinking yeah. Mysterio or some shit? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, of course not. Uh, any any oh, suggestions in the, in the in the chat? Sky Blue is a good show. Yes, yeah, I feel like we can maybe yeah. go one step further with Sky Blue. You know, uh, she's coming along nicely. I don't. She's not. Um, yeah, you know, I don't want to put the goal down or anything. I think she's actually coming. Like I just said, she's coming along nicely. Daniel Garcia. Um, what about this year now? But Daniel Garcia is just, you know, he's just great. You know, it's. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I say I say that about Sky Blue, but I've, I've drew a blank myself. So I think Sky is probably the the current kind of leader of that. And again, obviously, like we're the in most June. Yeah. yeah, but she's the story that through half of the year, you said to me, name a story of a wrestler who's like visibly improved this year alone. I think Sky is probably the best answer. So yeah, shout out to Adam in the chat for that one. A good answer. M- MGF. What <laughs> <laughs> I mean, do you ask? Sonata, you know. Depends who you are. <laughs> I mean, depending on where Jack Perry is up this year, you could go with Jack yeah. Perry, that's, that could be. Like you'd, but if, like yeah, I was saying, we're in June, you know. So. Yeah. 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 We'll, um, we'll circle back to this, folks, in December. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely, you know. Awards coming out, you know. That's yeah. what we do with mm-hmm. professional platform and whatever. Um, um, so that was a Jericho Sting business. Um, next up on Dynamite. Actually, Let's get this one more to child away. Charles House Spurs five dollars. Appreciate you very much as always. The guns carried yay old hardies. Thinking them as an annoying tag team and BC gold pinny is, is perfect for them. Um I mean, yeah, man, if you're gonna find a role for them, it would be something like that, you know. So um yeah, man. Uh definitely put out a decent account of themselves last night, you know what I mean? They didn't stink it up or anything, so good on them. Um AW Dynamite back to it. Um, next thing we had was the tag team blind eliminator tournament draw. Tony Schiavone and RJC randomly draw the first two names who will be teaming together in the tournament, but they don't show us or tell us who they are, so they just I thought so annoyed. <laughs> so, for like the next like five, five, ten minutes before it's actually revealed who they are, this is very like mm-hmm. grating, <laughs> you know, it's like yes. what the fuck. Um, I know yeah. they just wanted to do the latest segment, but it's like, of course. Yeah. Just throw up, just throw something up on screen or announce it on commentary. You didn't need to do this whole backstage segment this week. I don't know. It just annoyed me because I was just like, "Well, tell me the names now." Like, rightly so. This was horseshit. This is not how draws work. Yeah. You don't tune into a draw to see the bloke get excited and not tell you who's in the fucking thing. That's yeah. how it works. I know. I've seen sports. Listen, this is not how they work. I'm gonna. I, listen, folks. There are many things people accuse of being false advertising and get very mad about on the internet. I'm never involved in these conversations. I do not care. However, if you promise me something that's purely for a sicko like myself on the television show, such as this, 
you got you got to deliver on this. No one even cared about this other than like a few of us. Let us enjoy ourselves, you know. Shimoni's <laughs> he's keeping it to himself. Why even why even advertise it that there was a draw? Selfish, I didn't even get to see it. Business, you know, you know? It, was, uh, it was bizarre. This was, this was out. This <laughs> is the most disgusting promotional tactic. I'm outraged by this. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh. It feels like they've also like announced like the biggest team of it. And that's meant yeah. to keep you hooked for next week. It's just like, I don't know, just just oh. I will just say, announce that they're both viable people in it. That would have also worked. Yes. That segment made it like obviously I'm being performative here, folks. That segment obviously made <laughs> us realise why we why they did it this way. But I was like legitimately quite frustrated when Tony was just like, ah, see you next week. I was like, yeah. Just like eight <laughs> shows until next week, Tony. <laughs> yeah, you know? it was like I said, it was bizarre, man. It was bizarre. Yeah. But um you know, moving on. Uh, we've got we had the elite their response promo. Um, yeah, you know it's the elite. They cut a promo uh, on the Blackpool Combat Club, including accepting their challenge to the five and five match, where they will find two members of the team of them. Eddie Kingston then comes into the frame, says that um, he's happy to join them in this, basically purely out of his hatred for Claudio, but he also gets to pick the fifth man uh, and nearly accept Eddie's terms. Uh, yeah, this is good stuff, man. You know, Eddie just kind of throwing himself into the mix and uh, laying down his laws, you know, uh, as only Eddie could. It was interesting as well, like the way that, because of course it's in Chicago, so as you expect, as soon as the elite come on the big screen, there was like a divisive reaction. They got quite a few boos and stuff like that. As soon as Eddie comes into the picture, everyone brightens up, you know, like yeah. uh, everyone everywhere loves Eddie Kingston. Um, and we love to see it. Happy to have him back. Um, Holbert. What did you think of, um, you know, Eddie throwing himself in there with the elite? Well, I certainly like the segment, and more specifically, Eddie's kind of part in this story. I think is is rather compelling, and I appreciated to your point, Charlie, last night. You know, Eddie didn't forget the feud you were referencing, right, with the Bucks, which was an extended mm-hmm. feud. So I was I was relieved with that because Eddie is the kind of character who needs to be consistent in that regard. It's important here mm-hmm. because the people believe in him. Um, so I like that. The one thing I would say is. Last night we said, in terms of the elite missing the show live, we'll see what they do. I really think they've been well served to to separate Kenny from the pack for a solo promo on Osprey. Um, I think this was fine for what the elite are doing on the weekend and the Bucks being like, Kenny's already working, so we need other guys than the Eddie thing. I think they would have been, honestly, and I think they had the time to, because some of these matches could have been shaped. We'll get to the, the kind of main match, which I enjoyed, but could have been shorter finding just a couple minutes in this show for a Kenny promo that was more of a money promo about Osprey, I think would have helped. I I think the matches with that audience, which includes the four people on the screen, to be clear, I think is sold enough because the first match was so great and people love both guys. But that doesn't mean as a promoter you shouldn't still do it justice by giving it an extra push on the go home. And I think Kenny could add a more serious, straightforward promo Osprey. So that's one thing I would note. Uh, But the actual segment itself I like. That's more of a thing they could have done elsewhere. So, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Charlie, what did you make of uh, this, this pre-tape promo and, um, you know, just kind of how they decided to do the build on this week's Dynamite yeah. towards this week and afternoons? Yeah, I pretty much agree with Joe on, like, the whole Kenny thing. It's just, like, it kind of felt like 
because they did such a big angle last week, they didn't really feel like they needed to do something to follow up on this week, which I get, like, people are just sold on that match anyways, but it would have been nice to hear him at least say something about it this week, like, just as a little last push of this match is really happening on this show. But, like, as for, like, the segment itself, it just popped me huge that Eddie and Matt immediately started arguing because of, like, the feud they had in 2021, but in the fucking Dior shoes and all of that, that just made me laugh a lot. But um, I just, I really liked it. Like Eddie just coming in and being like, well, if I'm going to be the fourth, I'm picking the fifth. And it's like, yeah, okay, fair enough. So, and I will say, I did correctly predict, like when they, the Block Paul Cobot Club did their thing, I was just like, oh, it's going to be Eddie and Ishii. And then I was right. So I was just like, yes, thank you. It rules. Yeah, I thought like, it was pretty easy to figure out. But. It was. And that says a lot about Eddie Kingston's character because yeah. he has never shown any real affinity for Ishii. In fact, after their first match, he he actively like seemed mad about the fact he lost and yeah. left the ring in a hump. The second time, I think Ishii was mad, and Eddie was like, "Everyone, chant Ishii." <laughs> but as he said, it's not that he likes Ishii; he just, you know, they've fought an awful lot, so they trust each other. So that, that fits those guys for sure. I like the deal. Good yeah. stuff. Like Ishii's like champions with um, Okada and Tanahashi's yep. like in New Japan as well, and obviously Tanahashi's got business going on elsewhere. And they're in the same G1 block. There's a lot of layers to this. It made a lot of sense. And Ishii and Moxie don't get along either. Yes. Yeah. And that was a great, we'll get to it, but Moxley sold that accordingly, right, when he was announced. Mm -hmm. There was definitely a a look at that in his face, for sure. It was like, yeah, it's just like another little dig at Mox choosing Ishii. It was just a really good choice. Yeah, man. uh, Manny, what did you think of the the five-man team of the Hongbooks? And Eddie and Ishii. <laughs> I mean, everybody said it best they can already. Just it's gonna be one of the best uh, ten man tags ever, probably. Absolutely, uh, I don't think that would surprise anybody at all. Um, all right, so uh, next up, Adam Cole in ring promo. We hear from him. Comes out, he cuts a promo about how he came so close, but he couldn't get the job done in the match with MJF for the World Title last week, and how he couldn't win, but. MJF didn't win either. He then calls out MJF and the two go back and forth a little. Um, Tony Schiavone then interrupts them to tell them that they were the two names drawn randomly to, uh, um, in the previous segment. Both MJF and Adam Cole tell Schiavone to shut up at the same time of this weird, awkward moment where they stay at each other. The crowd absolutely loved that. <laughs> that, that look, you, you know, um, look, there's a pop and there's like, the crowd laughing, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, they absolutely loved that, so... You know, uh, so yeah, they're going to be tagging together as announced by Shivani in the Blind Eliminator tournament. Um, as expected, neither man is happy about this. MJF also throws a tantrum about having to wrestle again. Um, then Tanahashi comes up on the <laughs> Tanahashi comes up on the screen. Uh, he then you know kind of lays down his challenge even more for Forbidden Door, um, just like he did last week. Uh, even though MJF didn't want the match, and this causes Adam Cole to pressure him basically into saying that he wants the match and not to be a coward, uh, with the crowd urging him on. MJF finally caves in. So as he will show up and face Tanahashi at Forbidden Door. Um, I thought this, especially like considering like our usual criticisms of MJF like segments of going, you know, he comes out and it takes forever to get to his point and it takes a long time to drive the point home. This didn't feel very long at all. I didn't have my stopwatch out, but um, it felt like this didn't take up too much time and it kind of got to the point with every part of it very quickly and it was entertaining. It was good shit. Um, 
I like this. I like this. Uh, Charlie, what did you think? Yeah, I enjoyed this segment. I, it definitely didn't overstay its welcome. And MJF was, like, actually showing character here. Like, yeah, it's, like, pretty surface-level stuff. And, like, he just bounces off well with Adam Cole. Um, them teaming together is just really funny to me. And it does feel like kind of WWE in that respect. But I'm just going to let it play out and see what happens with it. Because I just think it could be really fucking funny. And then if, like, MJF, like, turns at the very end and, like, gets even more heat on himself out of this and, like, Adam Cole gets even more over, like, they're just going to come out better off. So I'm cautiously optimistic. Good stuff, good stuff. Joe, did you enjoy this? I did very, very much, actually. I was kind of surprised how much I enjoyed it. Um I don't want to be dramatic, but it really felt like last week's performance. Like it felt like Cole was a different dude to me this week. He seems so confident, and I, I think he's looked kind of on the mic. Also, I think he's looked a little, I want to say jittery, but not quite as sure of himself since he came back. You know, there's been a certain swagger missing to me, anyway, in fear of going full MJF promo with it. And it did feel like he was really he felt good out there. Um, and he, he was great in this segment. And, and the presentation was such that was how he supposed to look. But he was actually great in it from a performance point of view. Uh, as was MJF. And as you said, the cute moment with Shivani was neat and got a great reaction. And they achieved a lot here in what I believe was a six or seven minute segment. More of this. You can do that. That's possible, believe it or not. You know, it doesn't have to be a 30 second pre-take or a 15 minute in-ring. You can, there's, a, there's a middle ground there. And they found it here. I like this segment a lot. I do have to quickly note. The video, like the quality of video that Tanahashi produced for this segment was incredible. Um, <laughs> like, it, like for some reason, it kept breaking up. So the screen was like blacking out, and he looked like <laughs> it was it was an incredible deal. Um, he liked Manny the Hooper here tonight on the show, in fact. So, yeah, that was fun. That was a nice kind of addition to it. But I like this. As for the tag direction, I know that like for a lot of people, it is immediate like let you know will they coexist can they coexist and i get it that's the thing they've overdone in wwe i'm sorry to say folks that's just real grabs though you know like putting these two dudes in a team you're going to be able to get a great tv main event out of this where they wrestle with a different team and inevitably it breaks up and they lose the match it'll make the other guys look good we said last night that you know they were inevitably going to put rivals in a team with this for this tournament i don't think any of us expected they were going to go as high on the card as these two who are you know in the world title program so I think it makes the tournament look better. It's going to help a team that eventually beats these guys. And as Charlie said, there should be a turn at the end or an angle of some kind at the end that gets some heat on Max. So big, big thumbs up. Two weeks straight for this program. Good stuff. Yeah, it's, uh, you, you kind of said it yourself. You know, uh, can they coexist? It's it's real craps, man. It's just um, it's me and you have said this for like months on these podcasts. No, it's like there's certain tropes that WWE have done over the past 20 years or so. Um, are definitely tropes to them because they've overdone them or they've done them poorly, whether that be can they coexist or reliance, whether that be DQs, whether that be brand splits, whether that be whatever it is, you know. But um, sometimes these things just are not just inherently bad just because they are what they are sort of thing. It's like MJF and Adam Cole doing a can they coexist kind of thing makes sense because, as Charlie mentioned, like they have good chemistry, man, you know, like they have good comedic yeah. chemistry and stuff like that. Um, and it'll be good shit, bro. Like, um, so yeah, just because it's can they coexist, it's not like, oh, they're doing shitty WWE yeah. stuff. It's, it's, it's real also, fucking perhaps, you know? It's also important to note that, like, it is the entire point almost of what this tournament, the bit of this tournament is. You always do the bit with the rivals put together. 
and that isn't a WWE. <laughs> that's not their thing. You know that they've never done this, as far as I know. Unless I'm mistaken, <laughs> they they've never done yeah, the Elite Warrior thing. Yeah, it's like so. That's it's different when they just throw a graphic up and are like, "Here are two top wrestlers doing a match for the sake of can they?" That's one thing. I don't hate it personally, but I get why it's kind of like lazy. But the whole point of this is that you know, it's anyone can be drawn in the team. Anyway, Manny, what did you think? Didn't they do this stuff during uh, the SmackDown Six when it was like they may uh, have, yeah. This is Paulie, and, and then yeah, Ray Paulie and loves this Ed. trope. Paulie was like the guy who really brought it to their TV a lot in the early two thousands. But yeah, go on, Manny. What you can say, mate? Like the segment? No, I was gonna say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, it was cool. I mean, I, I hope I wish that they did more like mixed match tag team like this, and then they just wrestle other uh, stars on the roster and all that because this is pretty cool. You know, they're not going to get along, but some of my, uh, it's going to lead to a lot of funny dynamics. And like when the eventual breakup happens after they have like a fun run or two of matches, it's going to, it's just going to be fun in the end. And I knew Adam Cole so had it in him. So I'm glad he's going to be the future AEW world champion. Let's go. <laughs> well, um, also Brandon brings up in the chat. MJF being absolutely like baffled at the notion that he's expected mm-hmm. to wrestle every week was was very good, genuinely. And he, what did he say? You must be some kind of sick pervert. I think was his, yeah. was his declaration, which I mean, that's good stuff. Also, so I like this a lot. And he's I also like how this is different from all the other belts he's had so far from yeah. every other yeah. guy where they have to go through somebody. Yeah. Well, it feels like Cole's out winning him, right? Which is kind of a new. It's a new dynamic to me, anyway. I could be wrong. Yeah. If, if it was like a new dynamic for Max, honestly. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like two weeks in a row, right? Accepting yeah. the match with him, he goaded him into accepting the match with uh, Tanahashi. Like, what's he gonna goad him into next? Like, it's, it's good stuff. I like it. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Like, <laughs> no, it's me just handing the belt over. Got you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Max drops to his knees. Oh my. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if the source did it with Christian, why can't MGF do it with that Cole? Yeah. Well, yeah. Hmm. It's definitely a suggestion. Yeah. I'm not sure I'm the just... pitch gets to take uh, you know. Um I'm interested to see yeah. what other tag teams come out of this now. Like they've mm-hmm. got me like doing this, they've got my hopes up for some really funny tag teams. So I hope they do it on that. Satnam Singh and Roddy Strong out there. You know? like, <laughs> yeah, you should have you, you do this bit weird the shit, bro. You, know? you need <laughs> weird ones that will never tee up again. And you also you should put a couple of guys together that you think maybe just maybe they've got a shot. You know, like that's because there's certainly guys on the roster who could benefit from that. Like, <laughs> like I, I know it's not the most sexy name, but like I'm sure there's a guy you can find for Sean Spears to be tag partners with, right? Like, I mean, oh, yeah, you need to, oh, you do need to try some teams with this, and they can be kind of your little projects within it because, you know, star power wise, you've already got two of the biggest stars. I want to see Christian in a team with someone. I don't know who, yeah. but I want to see Christian involved. Oh my God, could you imagine if it's like Christian and Hook? That would be really funny. Yeah. Some, that's, that's, that's real. That's very, very real. Yeah. I already know in my head knowing TK like this is the this is gonna be the only cool tag team. The rest are gonna be shitters. That that's gonna be a fuck man. Yeah, that's like what I worry about a little bit, but huh. I, I can hope. I can't really. I can't really question that. You know? I just immediately yeah. brought up Sean Spears, so I mean I'm gonna have to. Joe, let me let me pitch you an idea here. 
Sean Spears, John Morrison. No, absolutely no. Not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, look, like, I'm hoping for the big man getting a contract. It seems, but you ain't pitching me any ideas of him right now. I got two old ways to go. Okay, we'll, we'll build up to it, Manny. We'll see. I yeah, want definitely need to build up to that one and a luchador because I feel like that would just be really fun. Lance, mm-hmm. with like, one, yeah, oh my god, Lance Archer and Commander. That's the team I want. That would be incredible. Just hurl him around. Yeah. Yes. They also need to find uh I'm assuming they're gonna try and find a new partner for Ortiz, right? Would be my guess. Because it feels like mm. I know I like Ortiz a lot, but as a singles, it's like I don't you know well, I don't know there's a lot for Ortiz to do in that. newly reform Santana, you know. Well, I'm assuming that's how the uh <laughs> I'm assuming that's how quit out of the question. We'll see. Well, I mean, they're both singles wrestlers right they now. They are. We'll see, folks. Well, you won't be bad. You won't be powerful. Be interesting, um, but yeah, they just kind of do weird shit. As I keep keep saying, um, even if you just, you know, I'm not, I'm not his biggest fan in the world. You know what I mean? I ain't someone who's clamoring to see him on TV, but you know, you throw Danhausen in something like this. You know, oh, the people fuck, fucking man. come up for him huge. <laughs> it's just like you just do weird shit. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and obviously Dan Housen being Dan Housen, there's always the opportunity for him to have a funny dynamic with whoever his partner yeah. might be. Um, but yeah, let's talk some real fucking business. Um, next up, the Owen Hart tournament brackets were announced. They were announced, you know. They were announced. They were announced specifically for me, you felt. Um... So the men's bracket, we'll start with that one. We have uh, CM Punk versus Satoshi Kojima, which will also be taking place on Forbidden Door. So that's CM Punk's Forbidden Door match sorted. Uh, we are getting Roderick Strong versus Samoa Joe on AEW Collision, which is just fucking, that's just fucking pornography, you know. Um, yeah, that's that's my uh, quick thought on that. We have Dustin Rose versus Powerhouse Hobbs, which is also just, just a lovely bit of business. And we have Juice Robinson versus Ricky Starts, which I'm sure will also be good as well. Um, Joe, we won again. It's getting it's getting ridiculous now. I just feel, I feel embarrassed, you know? I feel shame. I feel shame, you know? Like I, I feel dirty. <laughs> like the graphic came up and I like walked over to the mirror and was like, what have I done to deserve this, you know? What do I, what do, I do? It's like pinching myself, wondering if I actually died and was living in some sort of alternate dimension. I mean, I just, I'm not used to winning at all, let alone winning so often in such a short span. It feels like I'm kind of, I don't know, something's going on right now. I can't quite figure out what, but this it's man, it's, it's one thing to throw a graphic up and have Roddy and Joe in separate core final matches and make me wonder if I was getting it. But to just say it to me, Bing bong, there it is. You know, there there it is. Slotted bottom left of your screen, mate. Don't even worry about it. I mean, it's as good as it gets. It really is. So um this is a tournament that is like specifically aimed for my enjoyment, if <laughs> I, I truly believe and yes. feel. Maybe not intentionally so, but at least how it's come out. So I have no critiques whatsoever. I just think it looks fucking awesome. And I also think the winner is coming from the right side of that graphic or that uh, bracket. I I think one of Punk's, you know, projects that he's mentioned with Collision, right, with Hobbs and Ricky, I think they're mm-hmm. winning this tournament, which is which is maybe bold, I don't know. 
but I, I don't think Punk's winning this tournament. So it'll be intriguing how this develops. But I'm, I'm obviously, I'm thrilled. Roddy and Joe is that's as good as it gets, bro. Fired up. Beautiful stuff, uh, Manny. Uh, using my DMs, tears of joy. Um, tell the people how you're feeling about this bracket, bro. The reel's back, man. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, I don't even, I don't even know where to go because I saw the graphic of Punk Kojima and I was just like, "Fuck, man, that's gonna be awesome." And then you see the bottom of you see Roddy Strong and Samojo. That's incredible. And part of me is just like, bro, anybody can win this thing. I mean, not really. Okay, nah, not I said aloud. It's obviously gonna be Punk versus uh, either Roddy Strong or Samojo. But it depends on which one they want to go to first. You think they're gonna to want to burn the Samoa Joe match like that right away, or they're gonna go with the? But I can't also see Roddy like beating Samoa Joe. So right now, I'm just even talking right out loud about it, I'm putting myself in a blender. I think we're getting Punk Joe. I think the question more is, do they? Is that the first of a two match series? You know what I'm saying? Like, does Joe win that match and then put over Ricky Starks, perhaps, or whatever it may be? Um, I don't know. This. It's one of those deals where, like, they're pro- Punk is probably going to make it to the final. And I think he's probably going to wrestle Hobbs. We might guess. Mm-hmm. Whether he puts Hobbs over or not, time will tell. That's my that's my actual guess, I think, right now. I don't know if I want if I want Punk to beat Joe the first time around, though. Yeah, that's the big question, I think. But either way, I mean, it's, it's just so fucking yeah. real. Yeah. And the right side is, uh, it's, it's cool. I mean, there's a story there, but... I don't know. Dustin's I mean, gonna. Yeah, I was gonna say. Look, the left, the left side buttons. is obviously just fucking, you know, smut. You know, I, I know. But just, the right just... side is good shit, man. Dustin versus. I know. Dustin's I know. gonna it's sell, gonna... bro. He's gonna, He's gonna sell. everywhere, man. It's gonna be all. It's gonna be awesome, but at the same time, like part of me is like, I don't know if anybody on the right should be beating anybody on the left. But I just, I feel like you're, you're not you're focusing enough on the picture we're trying to paint here, man. Okay. Yeah. Powerhouse Hobbs is going to hit like a shoulder tackle. Dustin's going to roll to the floor and he's going to come up just fucking covered in blood. Like, I mean, just pouring yeah. blood. Jayom, I don't know if Jayom's going to be unconscious at that point, but Nigel's going to say some like absurd metaphor that gets that gets Manny the Hooper very fired up on Twitter.com about blood and he's going to write a feature about it. And Dustin's <laughs> going to be like limping around. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's just real, isn't it? It's the only way you can describe mm-hmm. it. I'm sorry. I haven't got any better words for it than that. It's just real. Yeah, it's very, it's very beautiful stuff, you know. Um, yeah, Charlie, of course, we've uh, we've kind of, you know, circle jerked about this fucking <laughs> his, his bracket. How do you feel about it? I mean, I had to go back to it because I saw Roddy and Joe and then I just kind of blacked out and missed, like, the other three, like, brackets. I was, I was so focused on that match, I, like, missed the other three. But, like... It's really cool. I like the fact that they've put like a lot of like top level players in this, like and people that they clearly want to push in the future. So, but I am with the idea that either Ricky or Hobbs is winning this whole thing. I don't think Punk's winning. He's going to get to the finals, but I think he's going to put someone over, and it's going to be a great moment. Like getting a win over yeah. Punk's like, like no matter what you think of the guy, that's always going to be a big thing for these talents. So, I want it to be Hobbs' tournament. I think that's the story you should tell. Yeah, it's uh, what Josh said as well. Right, it's I'm getting the feeling of Hobbs or Ricky, to be honest. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, either or, man. I think. Time... Go on, man. I'm gonna say the last time they wrestled was a squash, so this is gonna be the first time they have a real match, right? 
if they do meet the quarterfinals. Well, Ricky and Hobbs. Match. Yeah, they did the match off. Right? Oh shit. I didn't watch that, so. <laughs> oh, man, you never surprise us, brother. Um, but yeah, uh, women's bracket, also a great bracket that I'm very happy about. Uh, Britt Baker versus Ruby Soho. Of course, that makes a world of sense. Anna Jay versus Sky Blue. Anna Jay, of course, coming off the back of a. Um, God, who did she wrestle? Chris Statlander match. Um, mm-hmm. good, good, good bit of business. Her best match in a minute. So uh, she's, you know, she's got a bit of momentum at the minute. Sky Blue, of course, we were just talking about how much she's improved this year. She's, of course, uh, she's in it as well. Uh, Nada Rose versus Willow Nightingale, which is a really good one. Athena versus Billy Starks, which is another really good one. Um, solid bracket. Solid, solid bracket job. Uh, what did you think of it? Well, much as my my eyes immediately went in the Roddy Joe direction, I immediately was looking here at Athena and Willow seeming set for a kind of a rematch in in round two, right in the, in the semifinals. That's the immediate fault. It feels to me like the tournament is going to be a way to introduce Athena to the or reintroduce, I should say, Athena to the to the wider television audience who really hasn't seen much of this version of Athena, which is, I mean, clearly her the best form she's ever been in her life. She's better than ever right now, so. That's the, the big excitement for me. So that's another that's another win, believe it or not. There's more of them on the way here, folks. Um, yeah, I mean, Ruby and Britt was the final last year, right? So you get that, which is like a decent TV attraction for, for round one, too. So I like this. I think they probably could have... Um, I think it probably could have been a little better on, like, star power with some of the women that are going to lose in round one, I think. But, you know, overall, I like kind of what I perceive to be the direction as we as we move forward here so i'm pretty fired up it's a thing man excited yeah beautiful beautiful stuff uh charlie you fired up for this uh for the women's tournament absolutely i'm very excited to see um athena in this and like willow in this as well because my pick for this was i think it was willow to win the whole thing now i'm not entirely sure the way the, the way the brackets are shaped i'm not sure I think we could end up seeing Athena versus Sky Blue in the finals. Like that's yeah. my early prediction for that. But um, I'm I'm excited about it. Like Athena versus Billy Starks is going to be such a fun match. Like I'm really excited to be able to watch that Forbidden Door. Um, but yeah, they, it's a pretty good bracket. Like Britain Ruby, they had a fairly solid match. I think I remember it being like last mm-hmm. year. So I think it's going to be a good time. I'm excited for there to be like. There's like layers of story within this tournament as well, like there is the men's one. So I'm glad that yes. they're both pretty well balanced in that respect. Very good stuff. Very good stuff. Uh, seems to be well put together, I'd say. Um, mm-hmm. Manny, uh, any of the matches that stick out to you in the initial bracket or potential matches like Willow versus Athena and stuff like that? Athena versus Billy Starks. I think that's going to be a really fun match. Mm-hmm. Agree. Good shit, man. Good shit. Um, right. What else have we got on here? We have. Okay, next up we have Daniel Garcia and Zatsaba Jr. defeat Shibata and Orange Cassidy. Um, and uh, yeah, basically Daniel Garcia and Zatsaba Jr. get the win. Daniel Garcia pinned Shibata, which I thought was, you know, as, as part of the Daniel Garcia fan base, this was a big victory for us, you know. Um, 
But yeah, they got the victory by Orange Cassidy. He accidentally smoked the battle with an Orange Punch, which led to the finish, and Daniel Garcia getting the win for the team. After the match, all men get their hands on Orange Cassidy's AEW International title belt, and they kind of awkwardly all grab it in like a circle and have like a stare down with each other. No one wants to let go. Um, eventually, Garcia and Zack Sabre Jr. they let go, which leaves Shibata and Orange Cassidy kind of awkwardly staring at each other, and Shibata and uh, Cassidy kind of out of character. He like hastily snatches the belt away from Shibata. Um and uh yeah that sets and then on commentary a four way at Forbidden Door is then announced between the four men involved. So Daniel Garcia versus Satsaba Jr. versus Shibata versus Orange Cassidy for the AW International Championship. Um yeah man this this tag match um I believe this went like over 15 minutes. It was quite long, yeah. to be honest. Um, I did enjoy yeah. it, though. I did enjoy it. I thought it was well-wrestled because, of course, like, you know, the four names involved, of course, like, gives that away. Um, but it was a little bit long considering the spot on the card it was in, you know. Um, an no, interesting so choice cool. in terms of that, but I have no real complaints about it, to be honest. Um, Manny, what did you think of this one? Yeah, I, w- I was into it the first few minutes of it and then i was in and out of it i for me it didn't really like capture my imagination like i thought these four guys would i don't know for mm-hmm. me it wasn't really clicking and then i did pop though at the end when uh orange hit him shibata with the orange punch that did get me but my favorite parts of the match were whenever zach Sabre jr and shibata were in there together just mixing it up real music you know uh, Zach's awesome, man. He's uh, he's just meant to be on TV. I think you know. I know he loves it over in New Japan, but he's uh, he's awesome. Uh, Joe, what did you think of this one? Yeah, I think I'm in a similar place to to Manny. Honestly, I, you know, the trend with this show has been all the matches I thought better than expected. While I thought this was pretty good, it actually was kind of short of of what I was hoping it would be. I, you know, mm-hmm. one we saw last night was the preview. I was very much excited for it. Um, it didn't. Click is is a good explanation from the Hooper because it was kind of jarring watching the guys try to piece together their individual matches. It felt slightly disconnected in that way and it lacked some rhythm and flow, which is an issue when you're going 16 minutes, right? Because you're kind of, it doesn't have any kind of um, trajectory in terms of escalation. It's just like start, stop. And that was an issue, especially with two ad breaks, I thought. So it was a decent match, maybe even a, a, you know, a good match, but with the runtime... I think it was a slight misstep. And honestly, considering how much of this show felt like they were trying, like they were desperate to run a field time, um, you know, get stuff in within the time they had, it felt like it would have been fine just shaving a couple minutes from this, right? Like it would have helped them out. I mean, even the post match, which I didn't like the belt, I, I, that's one thing that, like, the guys holding the belt like that is like, oh, whatever, you know, that's not my thing. But the graphic, like, they just like threw it in the corner and was like, there it is, four way. It's like, Man, if you just took two minutes off of this heat segment in the middle of the match, you could have given that a little more punch, that announcement, you know? So nothing terrible or anything. I just I think they're capable of a lot much better one, and sometimes it doesn't work out that way, unfortunately. But I'm with Manny on Shibata and Zach was the highlight for sure when they got a chance how, to just do the wrestling, definitely. How do you feel about Orange in this match? Because I felt like he was – and people, I just thought he was the one that really didn't fit the flow of the match. I, I thought Garcia was pretty good too. Garcia adapted when necessary. I didn't think it was an orange issue so much as it was when Danny and Orange would do their match within this match. I didn't think it worked as well as it did in my in my head when I was imagining how it would look. You know, does that make sense? Like I think when they were doing their dynamic, I thought Zach and Orange was was fun to watch. 
Um, I loved Orange's match with Garcia in a singles. I just I didn't think it quite fit within this particular tag match, which again it happens. Let me be clear, folks. I mean, it's still a solid match. There's nothing, nothing bad about it whatsoever, but I thought it could be better for sure. Yeah. Um Charlie. I actually really like this match, but is it this was I just really like tag team wrestling and I went in with high yes. expectations and I just I just thought it was a great time to be honest. I did feel mm-hmm. like they were holding back in some respect. And like after the four way got announced, I was just like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. But I don't know, I like I definitely like it definitely could have been shorter, but I just really enjoyed it. It was my kind of thing to be honest, which is Kind of weird because of like technical wrestling isn't normally the sort of thing I enjoy, but I really like all four of these guys, so it it clicked for me. A lot of people did like it, it got some very positive reviews, so you're not alone by any means. Um, I will say one thing, yeah, for sure. One thing on the forbidden door front, like I have very few complaints about this card, and this isn't even really a complaint. I think if you were going to do a four way match on this show, I do not think they've necessarily picked the right guys for that match, to be totally honest. I think it'll be a really good time, let me be clear, and I'm, I'm sure, especially in the building, Charlie, it'll be a hoot, but it just, if you said to me we're going to do a fatal four-way for a mid-card belt, I would not necessarily have, have put these guys forward. I don't think it's necessarily yeah. their particular domain, so maybe I'll be wrong, hopefully so, but we'll see on that regard. I think it's because these four guys can wrestle such a similar style, it feels like there's sure. something missing to like add to that dynamic. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I don't know, I feel like with like Danny and um, Orange being as adaptable as they are, like they're gonna make something work. I, yeah, I think so. Sure. Yeah, I'm sure they win as well. Um, all right. Next up, we got Will Ospreay interview with Alex Marvez. Uh, Alex Marvez catches up with Will Ospreay as he's coming into the arena, um, wherever it was that he was going. Um, so Marvez asked Will Ospreay if he's okay. And then he asked him why he would say the bad things that he said about Canada, even though he's heading there to face Kenny Omega at Forbidden Door. Uh, Will Ospreay then says that AEW better have security for him when he's in Canada. And then he's interestingly interrupted by Don Callis, who proceeds to warn him how dangerous Canada will be for him and how AEW won't provide security for him, etc., etc. And then he say, then he offers to help out Will Ospreay and look after him by providing him with security and other stuff that he might need when in Canada. So, um, yeah, man, Don Callis definitely rubbing up Will Ospreay to get on his good side. Um, you know, he's a, he's a good scout, Don Callis is. You know, he might be a piece of shit, but he can definitely spot a top, top talent when he sees one. Um, Charlie, uh, mm-hmm. this is, I'm sure this was no surprise to you. Mm-mm. Man. Something's going to happen in that match. I hope it's post-match and not, like, I really hope there's not interference in it. But, like, I feel like there's going to be a post-match angle. It's like, Don Callis and Will Ospreay, man. It's like, are they teasing it too much for it to actually happen or are they trying to hit the nail on the head? That's the real conversation to be had, I think. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Joe, when do you see Don Callis and Will Ospreay kind of uh, coming together or if they come together, you know? Yeah, I think that question Charlie just asked is the big one, right? Like, I think without this segment, that would have definitely been my prediction, was that Callis is the finish of this match and helps Osprey win in Canada. But this was almost too bad signal. You know, this was this was too much on the go home. I, I don't know. No, I'm not so sure. Um, I mean, I'm finding this like Osprey being like the anti-Canada guy to be like an interesting dynamic. 
I'm intrigued if it actually creates the atmosphere that people are looking for. Like, because Kenny's the beloved anyway, right? But like, you know, will will Osprey have like actual heat, or will it kind of be more of a we want to just see a great match? We'll see. I mean, they clearly want to capture some of that dynamic with Osprey doing his shit talk and such, which is fine. Um, just in terms of the quality of the of the segment, Callis is so good. He's so so good. It's actually like. He's such a piece of shit, you know? Like, he's everything he says is so underhanded and so cunning. and So he's terrific TV. So, yeah, I, uh, this this was a good piece of business. I, I think it makes, in a weird way, it makes Sunday harder to predict. So that's pretty fun. Good stuff. Uh, Manny, are you enjoying Don Callis being able to be an open piece of shit now instead of kind of being, uh, you know, he was a bit more, he's a bit more disguised when he was running with the Elite, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's it's better for him to be on the out in the open about it now, I guess. But just, I mean, I don't know. I just feel like that we're probably gonna get new members of his his family now, right, on Sunday. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I don't know who it can be. So it's, I can't wait to see. What? Yeah, man. Uh, of course. Be United Empire or Blackpool Comeback Club. It, it feels like those are the options. Mm-hmm. Unless there's a complete swerve, and he's just like, "Ha it's these guys." It's like, okay. Yeah, it's but... when they put together the, um, the pinnacle. Something. Yeah. You know, when they put together the pinnacle, where it was just like lights went out, and he's like, "Here's these five guys together," you know, and he was mm-hmm. like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> like, um, yeah. he obviously there's that. That's obviously a possibility of like a five, like just people who don't cut his picks out, or obviously uh, as Charlie said, United Empire, of course, is an obvious one. Um, Blackpool Combat Club's too obvious, I think. Mm-hmm. Like, um, cause I think they're actually going to like do like the whole like Don Cali's family thing, you know. And yeah. it, it won't just be for like this feud, even though this will be like the majority of it, um, because of course. But uh, yeah, definitely, uh, definitely interested to see where this, how this all plays out, especially in the main event on uh, Forbidden Door. Uh, next up. We had a Tony Storm versus Willa Nightingale video package, and this was basically to hype up and announce their upcoming match at Forbidden Door. Tony Storm versus Willa Nightingale for the AEW Women's Championship. Good shit, man. Followed up for this one. Charlie, what do you think of this match announcement? I'm just excited for it. Like These yes. guys have great chemistry. It's going to be a really good time. They're just going to go out and have a really like, just a fantastic match, and it doesn't feel out of place on the card, I don't think, which some people were worried about with the women's matches, but I think it fits great with like the rest of the card. So I'm really excited. Yeah, man. Uh, Joe, happy about this announcement? For sure. Yeah, I think it's be damn good. I, I totally agree with Charlie in terms of it being a natural fit. I, I kind of wish they'd have announced it with enough time to ramp it up a little bit promotion wise, mm-hmm. you know, but that's kind of is what it is. Like, Cause it has been, you know, they, they did the stuff last week. So it's not like it was just out of nowhere. We had, we had some semblance of build last week. But it feels like if we'd had the match announced earlier, because it is a big match, right? Like Willow yeah, is someone who you're, you're investing in and you want to be a big deal. And I think she already is one with the audience. So it would have been nice to have a little more time to give it some juice. But I'm not going to complain because I'm, I'm excited to see the match. And uh, Willow is, like, I think we're quickly seeing kind of this this take place here, what we've all saw coming from a mile away, right, in terms of Willow's ascent. And becoming yeah. who we want her to be and who we believe she already can be. She's getting more and more major moments emerging here. She's not gonna win, but I think there is a chance that she has like another 
breakout performance and yet another one where everyone goes wait willow's getting a lot better it's like no she's just this is where she's at now <laughs> she's just damn yeah. good so i'm excited for her in that regard for sure yeah man uh very good shit very good shit um next up we've got chris Statlander. she def- successfully defends her tbs championship versus tara valkyrie and uh yeah man they had a competitive match i thought this match kind of suffered from being in like the um you know, kind of, I don't want to call it death slot because that might be a bit extreme, but you know, like the, the last spot before the main event, especially when the main event is going to be something like a segment that everyone was like clearly very much like there for. Um, so this was kind of like the lull between like the final segment and last part of the show. Um, but regardless, like I said, it was competitive, decent little match. Um, Chris Dutland, of course, still kind of, um, you know, like getting into the swing of things first. Uh, I think it's like a third match back since the return from injury. Um, Manny just fucking fucking up my ears there. Shabbled the hope for looks, man. Look at him. <laughs> Tremendous. Uh, yes. Joe, on our yes. preview show yesterday, you said this would be quite an important match for Taya to see where she kind of finds herself out after this TBS ordeal. Um, and like I said, she kind of, you know, she kind of suffered from the position in the card last night. But overall, what did you make of Taya's performance? And, you know, just quick thoughts on the match overall. Yeah, I thought it was... It's not the, the most interesting answer, so I apologise. But I thought it was kind of in the middle, right? In the mm. sense that I think Taya is at a point where I think because she's been she's been going for a while now, I don't think she can move the way she used to. And that's fine. It is what it is. My favourite is Samoa Joe. I'm not saying that to be a dick. It just is what it is, right? Like, her mo- she's not the most dynamic in there. However, mm-hmm. I do. She does bring a lot of physicality, which I appreciate and I enjoy. And that was the, the highlight of this match, which I I thought was pretty good. Um, I do not think many will have watched this match and left it being like, "Man, we need to get tired back in the you know we need to keep tired in the picture necessarily," which is what the conversation was last night. But at the same time, I didn't think Tyre dropped the ball in a fashion where it was like, you know, we're done with this project, uh, meaning this kind of TV push. So, I think somewhere in the middle. Um, I thought the match was pretty good, decent. I I think Chris is had been really impressive thus far. There are still some things she does that I, even as someone who tries to avoid playing ringside doctor, I'm like, please cut that out of your offense because it's just not necessary. But that's not my decision to make. Moonsault, like the, the moon, apron yeah, moonsault, I'm yeah. like, please stop. I don't, I don't it, please. It just doesn't look, it's the juice isn't worth the squeeze there. You know, like it just, it looks yeah. so dangerous and it doesn't look like it's particularly impressive because of how hard it is to take more than anything else. It's a yeah. cool spot, but it's just, yeah, anyway. Um, decent match. I agree with you on placement and that's always, you know, that is what it is. It's part of a TV show, but it was in the middle for Tyra, I think, which is, again, not the most interesting answer, but it's the, it's the most honest one I can give, to be honest. Yeah, Charlie, you got anything you want to add real quick? No, I just thought it was pretty solid. Like, I enjoyed it for what it was. Um, I want, I'm hoping Chris starts to get, like, a big feud because, like, I appreciate, like, she's the workhorse and she, like, she's doing these TV defences and that, but I want to see her, like, get a big feud out of this as well. So I'm interested to see what happens with that. And, yeah, I just thought it was pretty solid. And, uh, Manny, finally, uh, quick yes or no answer all day from you on this one. Uh, this one didn't offend you, did it? No. There we go. Beautiful. Yeah, but no, but I do want to say about you. It, it did feel like he was oh. in a death spot, like you said. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was... Um... There was times where I was looking at my phone and being like, oh, shit, I mean, are we going to have enough time for Eddie Kingston to come out here and 
They were advertising two talking segments too, right? So yeah, yeah that's what mm-hmm. I was like. I turned the match in. It was only, I think, nine minutes left in the show. And I was like, okay, how are they going to do the... How are they going to do the Eddie Kingston and the Joe just and Brian Danielson segment? Charlie's what dog. was that? Yeah. Oh my <laughs> god! Is Charlie's dog joking himself. Sorry, man. I didn't realize my mic picked that up. I'm sorry. It's fine. Man, he was saying. No, I was just saying that. I was just like <laughs> looking at my phone, wondering how they how they were going to do the Brian Danielson and the Eddie Kingston segment not realizing that they're just probably going to mix them both together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, yeah, let's get to <laughs> let's get to that one. Um Eddie Kingston announces the fifth man. Um well, so we come back from break Eddie Kingston's already getting into the ring. Um he starts quoting a promo about the upcoming match at Forbidden Door. Uh, of course, just being Eddie Kingston as well. Um <laughs> he's just, you know, He's just Eddie, of course, we'll get into a bit more. Uh, he says that he doesn't like some of the things that he sees going on, pointing out to John Moxley who's been running around with Claudio Casanoli, who he despises, and etc., uh, etc. Et Moxley then makes his way to the ring, and the two kind of argue with each other about, you know, uh, which, you know, who each other is aligning themselves with, pretty much. Eddie Kingston then kind of gets tired of the talking, as he usually does, and he just straight up announces the fifth man, just kind of nonchalantly. Uh, it's Tomohiro Ishii. Mm-hmm. He then makes his entrance, and then before Ishii can get to the ring, the Blackpool Combat Club, not including Moxley, all drunk Kingston. Um, Ishii then gets to the ring to try and make the save, but he is outnumbered. As the Blackpool Combat Club continue their beat now, Brian Danielson grabs a mic and says Okada isn't coming. If he doesn't come out right now, he's a coward and he's going to stomp out Ishii. Gets into position to do it. And then we hear the coin drop. Kazuchika Okada's music hits. He makes his way to the ring. Comes face to face with Brian Danielson. Big epic moment. Crowd loves every minute of it. And uh, then Yuta tries to jump Okada from behind. And they try to kind of uh, get the upper hand on Okada with Danielson. And uh, it just didn't work. It didn't work out for poor Yuta, who ends up on the receiving end of a Rainmaker. Uh, I thought this was quite a... Uh, I like this. I like this, man. Especially, like, going into it, worried about how they're going to squeeze it in with, like, eight minutes left or whatever the fuck it was. Um, Eddie Kingston's just awesome. Like, I did definitely kind of just cut down this promo to the bare minimum when I was just kind of running through the uh, recap of it. But he's just, I just love hearing him talk to the people, man, you know? Um, <laughs> Manny, what did you think of uh, this closing segment? And Eddie Kingston brings something to the show that most people don't. It just felt real. It just, you just felt like it was personal between him and Moxley. <laughs> and just like, and you can just see how Moxley was conflicted about what was going on. Because he didn't really think about it, like all that. And then. And then when you see Ishii come out, when I because I didn't really think about the Ishii and Mox issues until Ishii came out, I said, "Oh shit, he just can you just pick somebody that Moxley hates?" And then I I did like the quick like second exchange between Ishii and Danielson, even though it was like just they exchanged forearms. Yeah. And then like, uh, and Okada's big smile on his face. He looked more motivated than he did last Forbidden Door when he came out and freaking gave him the uh, gave you to the Rainmaker, which was awesome and. Uh, I'm I'm fired up. I can't I can't wait for for Bendor. This is gonna be an epic night of epic wrestling, on uh, epic proportions. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, Charlie, what did you make of the closing the closing angle segment announcement of Fifth Man? 
mm-hmm. Brian Danielson calling out Okada and getting him, etc., etc. A lot squeezed into this, but yeah, what did you think yeah. of it? I just thought I thought it was really fucking good. Like when Okada came out, like the absolute look of glee on his face that there was another young boy that he could just kick the shit out of in the ring. Like, <laughs> that just popped to be huge. Like it was just a really good segment. Like the like the chemistry between Moxon and Eddie at this point is undeniable. Like everyone knows it. Like they've got so much history together. I can't fucking wait for that singles match. Wherever yeah. it happens, it's yeah. gonna be incredible. I really hope it's at all in because I'm incredibly biased and want to be there. So. Yeah. <laughs> God, Fair. it's just, it was just such a good segment. Like the pop that Ishii got as well made me really happy. Like it was just really good. Yeah, it's very good stuff. Uh, Holbert, was you uh, happy with this Dynamite ending, mate? Oh, I thought it was a great segment. Absolutely. Um, one little quirk I want to point out before we get into kind of the meat of it is the uh, Eddie happened to wear the same attire that he wore in the pre-tape, <laughs> even though he wanted to wear a shirt. So therefore he had to stand there in his, in the, in the tank top and then be like, all right, let me yeah. just put this shirt on <laughs> because, because otherwise continuity would be in danger if he walked out <laughs> in a shirt. So I, that popped me uh, because it's just the cool, of course that's the shit I would, I would uh, immediately notice. But um, I think the Eddie Moxley thing is really interesting yes. because Moxley is right which is always a, a great dynamic with a baby face and heel because really what Moxley's point is like, why do you always have to do this, man? Like, why do you have to do this now? You know, like you can fight, you can do this shit with Claudio anytime. Do you really have to do it when I'm in the midst of like a five month faction war? Do you have to really be on that side for the sake of this? And it's like, that is always compelling TV with Eddie because the Eddie Kingston character is a guy who is flawed in every which way but he wears his heart on his sleeve in a fashion that we love him anyway, right? And so the crowd's trying Eddie and Moxley in this really like he was he seen it was it was one of those cases of he's not mad he's just disappointed, right? And he had that he said that thing under his breath of you always do this thing and Eddie kind of asked him to finish what he said and he didn't want to because it was that is the kind of the crux of the issue is Moxley has done nothing wrong except pick someone as a friend that he doesn't like and that's enough for Kingston to be like oh fuck this enough with it you know so. That is going to be great TV because Moxley is going to delve into that in in great form, I'm sure, of his promos. And Eddie will have his own retorts. And, you know, Eddie is going to get himself in a situation here where he's going to he's going to get the shit kicked out of him at some point, as, we've, as I've constantly promised on this show. When he returns from that, I think we're going to get some of the more exciting TV possible. So I love that part of it. Then you get to Okada and Brian. And, I mean, if there was any doubt beforehand, that crowd reaction was something, wasn't it? I mean, you, you were right mm-hmm. to point out, Charlie, that Ishii got a big one, but the Okada response remains extraordinary. Yeah. And seeing those two guys face-to-face. Face, oh, man. And it's, seeing them face-to-face, like, it's easy to get lost. There's so much going on right now. You can't take for granted what moment this is. These two guys are really mm-hmm. going to wrestle here in a couple of days. And it's a match we, at one point, we never thought we'd see. It's... Not it wouldn't necessarily be what how I would frame it, but I think you could reasonably call these two guys the best professional wrestlers of the last god 20 30 years. Some would go further and say they're the best two wrestlers ever. Like, and again, I'm not saying that, but I don't think you could throw it out with the resume these two guys have got, you know. So that's special, and I didn't think we were going to get this a couple of years back. So I'm thrilled, and that moment really that painted a picture. This was a terrific way to close the show. Well, this is this is probably like a shitty idea or whatever, but. Imagine like Eddie Kingston and Moxie get thrown in the lethal lottery or whatever. 
And then mm. you just see like you see Eddie just pick at Moxie's buttons little by little, yeah. then you eventually get the turn. I think that I would be so think awesome. A, I don't think it's a shitty idea because Eddie has reiterated that he still loves Mox, right? So it's not like their beef yeah. is exclusively to his relationship with Claudio. So in theory, they should be able to team fine. The question is what happens on Sunday in that regard? Like, what do, does, does it explode on Sunday or do they tease it? With a 10-man, you don't really need to give them that, right? So there's there's so much you can do with this. And the beauty of wrestling at this level with guys of this caliber is I have such faith in these guys' creative vision, you know? Yeah. Like, I think they're going to produce something just masterful. This I can't wait to see how it unfolds. Beautiful stuff. Uh, I'm absolutely looking forward to it. And I think uh, I speak for all of us when I say we are more than happy that Eddie Kingston is fucking back. And especially in a, um, you know, in a prominent position like this, you know, like even though he's only going to be here for a cup of coffee at the minute because he's going over to the G1. But yeah. again, he's in a very prominent position right now. So um, we love Eddie, basically. Um, we had a few Rampage announcement and Collision announcements, so I'm going to pull those up. We have on Friday Rampage, we have Chaos versus United Empire and Swerve. That'll be a good one. MJF is making his Rampage debut. I, I believe it's the first time he's ever been on Rampage. It's an interesting one. Mm-hmm. Um, we have Owen Hart. Tournament quarterfinal and a J versus Sky Blue, and we have Jack Perry versus Dookie from New Japan. Um, MJF on Rampage seems like they're trying to uh, seems like they're trying to pop a number, Joe. That's a that's a, a nice bit, right? The Rampage debut of a guy who's been there the whole time Rampage has existed. That's uh-huh. it's good shit. Um, the Jack Perry match is one to circle because the word is that that gets quite the reaction in yeah the i've heard yeah so that may be worth watching just for that alone yeah, but an interesting absolutely. one um well, i'll get into I some spoilers United empire t- pops me huge like that just that tag like him <clears throat> tagging with them just pops me yeah. so much yeah it's pretty cool yeah man uh so there we are for rampage and where is collision i'm sure our good friend draven yeah has got the collision line up as well yes he does beautiful <laughs> speaking of beautiful <laughs> speaking of beautiful this lineup um all right so we've got the big eight man which of course was promoted very early in the show cm punk Cash, dax ricky starks versus the guns and but you could gold joe white juice robinson uh now, of course, that's uh, you know, uh, that'll be a good one. We've got Swerve versus Tanahashi, which is just straight like, um, that match is fascinating, man. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. It's just great, you like, know. Um, I don't even know what that's gonna look like, you know. But I'm, I need to see it. I know that much for sure. That real shit. Maybe we got. Hopefully. We got Willow versus Nyla, which, like I said earlier, I'm sure that's going to be a really good one, really solid match. Um, and we've got Brody King versus Andrade as well, which I think will be absolutely phenomenal. Um, I love Brody King, and Andrade is like Andrade's got like some of my favorite offense in all of wrestling. Like, you know, like when he's really going, like um, yeah. I love Andrade, man. I love Brody King. I'm, this card is just, you know, just. Great bit of TV, Joe. And uh, I get the feeling you were quite fired up for this one. I am, yeah. I think uh, <clears throat> the Andrade Brody deal is the is the one that jumps off the page. I will say Willow and Nyla is 
a really fun matchup. Mm. That mm-hmm. I think Willow Tweedo is first time ever matchup, which I hadn't even considered previously, but it's a really neat one. Interested how Swerve, we often talk about with Swerve, no one doubts the talent, but he has that very particular rhythm and style to the way he wrestles, right? And Unique, I'm very yeah. intrigued how he adjusts that to Hiroshi Tanahashi in 2023, which is, I mean, he's still Hiroshi Tanahashi, but he moves certainly very different than he once did. Her- <clears throat> worth noting that, like, you know, this is, a t- this is a season where guys are understandably not, you know, they're being careful and protecting themselves. And Tanahashi's like, sign me up for that Saturday night collision <laughs> spot. Let, let me go <laughs> 15, you know. like but he's, he's insane in that regard. But, yeah, I, I like the look of this a lot. And uh, also they have the hook there, as I, I see the tweet underneath, the Sting thing, which is which is interesting too. So it's a really fun mm. time right now. There's a, there's a lot to like across the board. But that uh, that insanity from Tanahashi is like it's you know it's it's why he's one of the goats, man. Like, he just go he's go. Just, go he takes a lot of pride go. in that. Man. He takes a lot of pride in it. Absolutely, uh, Manny. I know I know for a fact you're fired up for this because we was being quite shameless in the DMs about it. So, um, Manny, give us your uh, initial thoughts on this card that you can see on your screen right now. Monty, I'm gonna I'll say what I said in the group in the DMs, man. Damn, that's cooked, bro. Fuck, man. This shit rules. You see this right here? He's caught sport for you, though. He's, uh... Yeah, man. Sorry, Phil. Do you think <laughs> Collision's taking over the world, bro? <laughs> I don't know what that Christian graphic is, but I think it's going to be for the, the pot. Title. Yes. You're oh, well, probably going to take ownership of the TNT title as yeah. expected, yeah. so... <clears throat> That's what oh, I mean. man, I, I, bro, <laughs> Andrade, Brody King match would be crazy because Brody, I just yeah. know Andrade is gonna work like a big man, and it's gonna be so funny to watch him in there with Brody King trying to work like a big man. Mm-hmm. So that's gonna be so real grabs right there. What do you think main events? A lot of it. Uh, Swerve Tana probably so. because it's Tana. I think yeah. so. Yeah. And also the Andrade match might. Set up his match with the House of Black at the Forbidden Door too. So yeah, I think they'll close. It wouldn't surprise us to close collision with like MJF like attacking Tanahashi or some shit. Yeah, 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 we're interesting. I mean, I could definitely see the point the main event with Punk. I just starting the show with two straight multi-man CM Punk main events. That maybe there may be some hesitancy in that regard. We'll, we'll see. In terms of the eight man, do we think the hills are going to win there? Because like, yeah, I think they're going Juice to win. is Ricky's pinning Juice in the Owen, right? So it's kind of yeah. like mm-hmm. it feels like they're going to give the hills a win there. I probably Juice I'd assume gonna, Juice over, gonna pin Cash. Yeah, I yeah. the FTR yeah. fans. I'd assume. Yeah. Yeah. Because you know Dax takes a lot of those too. Right? I mean, I'm, I think it's easy to forget now. It's only like a month or two ago they did that Jarrett and Lethal for you. They beat both of them. <laughs> Remember that. Beat with a stroke, no. brother. <laughs> which, is, which is a good bit. One, so, two, three, bro. You know. Yeah, I think the hills are going to win that one. So they may open with that. I think. Yeah, but yeah, man. Swerve versus Tanahashi is very uh, just that weird booking. You know that fucking yeah. What just straight fantasy booking? You know, weird shit. You know, but I'm good shit. Very this good season, shit. This forbidden door season. Is like it's really fun, you know. There, yeah. It really is. I know why it's uh, it's a lot, and it can be kind of dizzying when they throw so many announcements at you. But when they're announcing good stuff, there is nothing quite like one of those rundowns that AEW gives, you know, <laughs> where it's like 
doing that on when it's like your, your mind is, you know, it's like yeah. here is Swerve Tanahashi. It's like, what a, <laughs> it's, it's, it's an incredible thrill. Whenever you watch those shows, it's never the thing we focus on on a review like this. Because we're talking about the actual segments, but when AEW is really in a good rhythm and they're firing on all cylinders and, and they get to their the card rundown and it's this, this like, and then this, and then this, that can be a real blast as a fan. Absolutely. 100%. Um, few super chats. Few super chats before we move on to some other stuff that I want to talk about. Um, all right, Darren Walker, appreciate it as always, brother. Five pounds. Statlander versus Tyler was quite good. Since her return, Chris has been very good. So happy for her after the injuries she had. Um, I'll definitely close on that. Absolutely. Um, it's the weirdest thing you've ever said, Darren. Very well, now, now. a very steady take. Darren's right? real, man. Yeah. Darren's real. That was a very calm take, though, from Darren. You got to respect yeah. it. I mean, it's better than when he sends us super chats about Orange Castle. They've been very sporty. <laughs> you know, <for much. laughs> uh, Griff, one appreciate you very much as well. You earn Garcia tag would be cool for the tourney. Mm. Yeah, man, hundred percent, one hundred percent. I'm with That's you on that shit. one. Yeah. That's one of those oh, stories you can keep circling back to. So this would be a cool way to do it. Honestly, that would be an awesome team to win it, wouldn't it? That'd be that'd be yeah. something because they're both heels too. They go work with FTR and have a killer match. That'd be that'd be something. So, um, hmm? Joe's good friend here, uh, Ron, oh. not in Uh, Joe, one of the people, the British play by himself. This is the only one that I, well, not the only one, I don't want to go up, there's been some extreme ones, but this is one of the ones that I'm least, at least uh, thrilled to endorse. I will not be endorsing this. Very fair, uh, Ben. $10 winner of Rod Strong and Sam Joe faces CM Punk, CMFTR Ricky, US. Usos versus Roman and Solo in London. Alex Shelley versus Nick Goldis for a world title. Hulbertism taking over the world. It is, bro. It's, you can't stop winning, mate. You can't, you can't stop. I've said it once. Let me say it again. 89 Flair, 05 Joe, 15 Roddy, 23 Bing Ball. If you know, you know. I'll leave it at that. Joe Roman promotion's taking over. What the fuck? Did you just say Joe Rogan again? Will you stop calling me Joe Rogan? He did this the other night privately. I've had enough of this. It's disgusting. Yeah. Listen, if you want to watch Rogan in the privacy of the home, you can. You do not have to call me Joe Rogan. You've been doing that a lot recently. I will not stand for it. I'm trying to take a victory lap here. Who fuck come on. Good shit, man. Um, Darren Cage, five dollars. Appreciate it. Eddie's words had me loathing Mutz. How dare Mutz question King's partners when he teams with that scumbag Claudio? Bro, that's how Eddie has the people feeling, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. came stuff. up huge, man. When, when Eddie was talking, they came up again with the Eddie chance. It was incredible. Yeah. Great, loving, great stuff. Loving. Look at this shit, bro. Again, I want to say this man, to me. Eh? You would be... I, to, I totally don't understand if you're watching sure, this show. Yeah. Dude, that's yes. what you deem your uh, solo shows. Go fuck yourself. Secondly, if you <laughs> you would be totally understood if you said, I sometimes think Manny the Hooper is doing a bit. I have questioned that sometimes. But if you ever wonder that, I want you to know that in a single conversation with Manny the other day, he called me Joe Rogan. And just just, just, just <laughs> that's just what he does. He's never working. This is just who Manny the Hooper is. He's, you know, I love it, but sometimes it can get us in some dangerous territory. That's all. 
Very true. Very, very true, mate. Um, but yeah, uh, keep those super chats coming. We always appreciate them. Uh, and uh, yeah, I think that's it for now. Yeah, that's it for now. Uh, right, let's move on to kind of like uh, you know, like news and tidbits and things like that. Um, so oh, I forgot to mention this when we was in the Dynamite review. So Jeff Hardy is going to be off AEW for a little while. Um, of course, because of his you know, quite recent arrest. He's not able to do the Canada dates. And of course, AEW is about to tour Canada. So, um, we're not going to be seeing Jeff Hardy for at least a couple of weeks or so. So, um, yeah, that was reported by Fault for Select, um, as Dynamite was on. So, yeah, that was, uh, my bad for forgetting to mention that after we, um, when we was doing the review of this match. But yeah, no Jeff Hardy whilst they are touring Canada. Uh, also, the latest in the, the Drew McIntyre will he won't he sign or leave drama with WWE. He he's um, people in WWE believe Drew McIntyre will be back in the mix by the UK Money in the Bank tour, which is the end of next week. So um, there is a there is a belief in WWE that Drew McIntyre will be back, and uh, it seems like they might be keeping hold of him. His contract is reportedly up the end of this year, start of next year. So, um, and there was also a report that said that he wasn't really thrilled about the idea of coming back until they got that stuff sorted. So it seems like hopefully that they have, um, you know, they've talked with him and they've had a, uh, you know, successful talks with him and he looks like he could be back in the mix. Joe, we are going to be at Money in the Bank and I would very much like to see Drew McIntyre there because I think he's a very good wrestler. What about you, mate? I mean, you know, I'm only going to be there for the main event, as you know, so you might yes. text me about that or something. But no, it was like, <laughs> we actually were talking about this off the air, right? A couple of days ago, I was saying to you, like, that feels like the date's a circle. If he doesn't emerge at some point during that, like, weekend, that show, that that feels kind of alarming if you want to stand WWE or whatever it may be. Um, it feels like they're going to work this out based on that report and based really just on the fact that, you know, frankly, I don't know if he's desperate to, like, prove himself all over again outside the company the way he did before. Like, he's beat up, and we've, we've said this a million times over, right? And in WWE, I think he can still get himself another reign with the with the uh, the new belt. And he's established in a way where you can kind of plug and blow him as a top guy. Would he ever get the creative if he would have it in an ideal world? Maybe not. But he's a guy they've, they've got to a certain point. I think they'd be very hesitant to lose him, to be honest, even if it took a while to get to where they want negotiation-wise. So we assume London would be a point to mark on the calendar in terms of Drew, and it feels like we may get our answer there after all. So I'm not surprised, but hopefully the big man got paid. He certainly deserves it. So hopefully so. Well, yeah, that would definitely, if he, if he is staying with the WWE, that would yeah. definitely be the assumption, you know, like a multi-million dollar a year contract, you know. Um well, yeah, man, if, if they don't sort it out, you obviously, AEW would be one of the um, be one of the main companies, top of the list that people talk about, AEW, New Japan. I'm sure Drew would excel in both of those companies. But if he does stay in WWE, you can't really blame him, can you, Charlie? Nah. It's like, I just, at the end of the day, you just want to see these guys get paid, especially someone like Drew mm-hmm. McIntyre, because he did a lot during, like, the pandemic era mm-hmm. especially. Like, he really did help carry the company through that. So, like, as long as he gets paid and he's happy and he gets to do what he wants to do in the company, 
all power to him if he stays. And if he leaves, I hope he finds what he's looking for. Like, but I just, you just want to see these guys working. So, yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, Manny, I feel like you would be definitely on the hype train if Drew Galloway was making a trip to Japan. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but yeah, mate, that's all I can stay with WWE. Uh, was he someone that you was kind of hoping would get out of WWE? Yeah, I was hoping he'll leave just for the one time, you know, not the one time, second time, so you can have uh, matches in New Japan and stuff like that. And yeah. I, don't know, I just want to see him go on one final big run before he retires instead of, you know, just kind of putting people over one last time, you know, and it's probably his last contract or something like that. So. Well, man, at least, he, at least he make, he's making his money. That's all you can ask for or wish for for someone like that's put their body through all this in this tough mm-hmm. sport we call pro wrestling. So, sell it to him. Absolutely, well, they do him. need they need top guys too, right? And he's at a point yeah. where he's always going to have a certain credibility in that regard. Like they're no, not... they don't. They got they got Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns is the top guy, no doubt, but he's he's not around all that much and. He also is an exclusively a tag team wrestler now. So, you, you know, it, it's not a bit like WWE is not short on talent by any means. But if you actually look at their like main event scene, whatever that is at this point, you can certainly see where there is room for Drew McIntyre, right? It goes about saying, yeah, of so course. That's why we always kind of assumed they would want to get this mm-hmm. done. But yeah, Drew. Um... Like I was saying, like if he did leave, he would absolutely have a lot of more than viable options where he would probably excel, whether that's New Japan, All Japan, you know, anywhere in Japan. Rev Pro. Um, Rev Pro. <laughs> Rev Pro, if he to stay in the UK, you know, I'm sure I'm sure he'd take the promotion to new heights, you know. Then AEW, man, I'm sure he'd fit in there great, you know. Um, so, uh, but yeah, like I said, people in WWE believe Drew McIntyre will be back in the mix by the UK tour slash money in the bank. So, um, yeah, man, we'll, we will see how that plays out. Uh, TK, Tony Khan, he done his media call for Forbidden Door. Uh, a couple notes mm. from that. He denied reports that he and his father are interested in Bellator. Uh, that was reported yesterday or the day before by Ariel Hawani on the MMA hour. Um, but yeah, Tony Khan shot that down. So it looks like the Khans will not be buying Bellator money. Um, Heartbreaking stuff, isn't it? I'm never going to get Pitbull in wrestling, aren't I? I mean, it's, it's a long shot now, brother. You know? Pitbull is a good... Wouldn't you pick like, one of the big... I mean, I love Pitbull. Wouldn't you pick one of the bigger guys? He's like... He's like 150. What, you mean, like <laughs> or something? Well, I just like... I... You know, wrestlers... Even smaller wrestlers, I think, would be quite substantially bigger than Patricio Pitbull, <laughs> would be my guess. But I could be wrong. Who else is in like in the heavyweight division? Is it uh heavyweight is Finn? Um, uh, the guy that was in the US. Fido's retired now, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah, he he lost to uh, what's his name? Uh, J- Jake Hayes on the Bellator contract. I think. Yes, still, he is, I think yeah. he's still got some fights left on it. Um, fuck man, Ryan Bader. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it would Ryan be Bader. guys. It would be like him and Corey Anderson, <laughs> and and like I guess Nemkov, right? I don't know. Michael, Venom, Mike, Michael Venom Page isn't there anymore, right? It's Jordan no. in the chat. <laughs> there you go. Now I'm the sat name saying, there you go. That's more like it. I know Crosby texts me immediately with 
um, Corey, no, he said Ryan Bader versus Samoa Joe, <laughs> some shit like that. I was like, I guess so, yeah. Bring out Joe Ortiz again. Well, no, God, it's not, it's not going there. Just leave that there. <laughs> yeah, well, I've had enough of him for now, you know. I've had more, uh, bro, he's had TNA more run, you know. Wait, this has just struck me. The TOTNA run was legitimately 10 years ago, it was August 1st, 2013. 10 years. Good mm. lord, I'm getting old. Imagine like imagine an overweight Chuck Liddell coming out representing Bellator against AEW. Well, no oh, man, right. yeah. Chuck Liddell just kind of bums me out now. Yeah, I would like, look, I'm telling you, Chuck Liddell versus Chris Jericho. It's funny that we're doing like all this speculation about you know how weird would this be when legitimately two years ago Junior DeSantos and Andre Olovsky had matches in AEW. In AEW. Yeah. You know, JDS, I don't know if did Olovsky wrestle. JDS definitely did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember him doing Junior spots with Jericho and shit. Oh, <laughs> did you see uh, Junior Dos Santos is uh, fighting? Uh, yes, I did. Yeah. Free seven and bare knuckle. Yeah, free seven. We're doing uh, bare knuckle fighting. Brought, I know that only because Manny the Hooper brought it on my timeline with this is the height of the sport or some whole shit like what that. What would Vadim take that fight, bro? It's fucking money, bro. It's scraps, isn't it? You know, everything's pressure wrestling. You'd you'd think. Sorry for our wrestling fans there, but uh, you'd think that think? like fair. Uh, He's right. You, no, but, so, <laughs> but JDS, fucking, you know, he was like he was known for just fucking putting hands on people, bro. For doing that, weren't really his bag, you know. You would assume that JDS is just gonna piece him up, yeah, you know. Monty, look, um, let me tell you something. You can retire the warrior, but the warrior never goes to sleep, man. Look at look at Mike Tyson. We you start getting talked about boxing. Let me tell you something. He, podcast, he starts sweating. <laughs> he starts crying. The interesting thing about Vadum as well is that um, he had his world title reign when UFC fighters. I don't want to say he got paid well. Because they still don't know, but definitely better than, you know, than when JDS held the belt, for example. So, um, you know, these are the things MMA fighters resort to, man. It's kind of a, I guess it, it, it pops half of me because I'm a sicko, but the other half of me is just kind of like, it's kind of a shame that these old fucks have to even consider doing these things, you know? <laughs> Look, I know it's nothing of Brazil or anything like that, but I'm pretty sure if you're like, I would think if you're like a Brazilian superstar UFC fighter, you will never have to work again in your life. But you know, yeah, that's just an insane yeah. claim by you. Just an absolute. <laughs> that that's is the perfect way to end this. Before Charlie passes out on the show, that's the perfect way. To <laughs> An all-time great. What Bellator even was so fair. That was fair. Um, so yeah, we, we're keeping Charlie because uh, you know she's she's got a float to catch in the morning, so. Uh, Charlie, if you have to get out of here at any time, then oh, don't feel anywhere no. about it. We will, you know, we won't hold it against you. Yeah, it's okay. Beautiful. Oh, beautiful. Um, TK also on the media call, he mentioned uh, the one Bill Phil line. He said that he felt like a throwback to WCW when Ted Turner would be referenced on TV, which is such a TK answer. I just wanted to, <laughs> any, that's, not even, that's not even news. I just wanted to bring it up, you know. Anytime you <laughs> but, say uh, anything to Tony, he goes, that's very WCW. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, one one last thing on the MMA thing. I saw a comment in here that said Bigfoot Silva retiring. He unretired. He? So I mean, he retired. He's retired like ten times. Yeah. <laughs> say, look, is he actually like? Um, he retired eight days ago and then unretired. But um, also uh, media call. 
Uh, Tony Khan said he's had conversations with Goldberg about AEW, but seemed to dismiss that he's Sting and Darby's partner. Which um, I don't know, man. Like I said, some people I said on Twitter, some people actually were like, you know, I think it's Goldberg. Like, um, Charlie mentioned it earlier as well. Like people were saying Goldberg, man, but Tony Khan did seem to dismiss it earlier. So, um, Mark, you remember that. when I sent you the picture? I sent you the picture last night of somebody like configuring the the image or whatever they do that's in the background like the the vacant oh, thing and they said it was goldberg's silhouette oh yeah this because it was a bold guy like <laughs> it's a bold guy they so did this with mercedes it. in january as well it's uh it's interesting when it silhouettes. they're not yes. they're not all. it's okay don't trust yeah. this is ai simulation stuff don't believe that kind of stuff man all right well put, money. Um, no, not well put. Money. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I learned. That's what I learned from people complaining about this Marvel stuff. God bless. Uh, bam, five dollars. I'm sorry I called you a super CMFTR fan, Charlie. Sometimes the most trustful and reliable news sources, CEO AO, can get the story wrong one out of a million. Hey, man. So, are that you saying, right. Charlie, that you've not bought the new CMFTR Heart Foundation shirt? Is that what you're announcing now? Because I'd heard some things, mm-hmm. and I wanted, yeah, you not bought it, to be clear. I've, I've not bought it. I've not bought okay. either of them. Wow. I actually was Ooh. rather spiteful about them on my banner, to be honest. Wow. I can't say shit about being spiteful on the app because Charlie's in my Twitter circle, so she sees all the spite. <laughs> Yeah. We just get. I think it's you know. We're, I still do believe that there is like a direct correlation between British wrestling fans, the times they have to stay up to watch yes. wrestling, and mm-hmm. them being like grumpy. You know, um, yeah. <laughs> Twitter circles definitely help us. You know, <laughs> but um, yeah, man, good stuff. Uh, what else we got? News notes. I've got uh, Carlito, according to PW Insider, according to some WWE sources, multiple people believe that he um, is being targeted for a WWE return at the SmackDown at Madison Square Garden. Uh, this has been a weird story because, of course, the news broke of Carlito signing with WWE. That came from like, Hannibal TV. He was like, ah, oh, well, he cancelled these indie bookings with us. So... Mm-hmm. And he's told us that it's only WWE. And then it hasn't been followed up by anyone. Like Sean Rossap hasn't reported on it. Dave Meltz hasn't reported on it until earlier on today when Mike Johnson touched on it. And he said that um, that's what they're targeting, the MSG return. So, um, yeah, we'll see if that actually comes to fruition, you know. But definitely a weird story to kind of keep in mind. Mm-hmm. Um, I, go on, Joe. I think it's even weirder than that because I think Carlito is kind of – but the towns he did make, I think he's kind of told the people that it's true. Like uh, the live crowd, I think he's taking the house mic. Well, he went at an indie show. Yeah. Yeah, at an indie show, he got on the mic after his match and he was like, the rumors are true. And then a few seconds passed and he was like, the rumors are true that I thought Vikingo all these wrestling moves. You know, so we like played oh, a joke okay. off of it, you know. So I um, clip just the rumors are true. And I was like, my God, this yeah, is usually. Yeah, yeah. They are very much encouraged not to do that if you're going there, mm-hmm. right? Like, it's a famous thing. If you're going to WWE, you do not say a thing. Um, Carlito doesn't give a fuck, so even if he did say anything, it wouldn't surprise yeah, me. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, yeah, exactly. I don't give a shit. 
look, he's never going to get the same reaction they got at Backlash. But if you're going to bring him back in, doing it somewhere like that where the fans are going to be more kind of generally oh, speaking, yeah. yeah, more plugged into the to a character like that being from yesteryear, then it's the right place. I think he very quickly slots into kind of you know a, a player coach role player kind of deal, and hopefully he can have a nice little run. He's there's a crop of guys from that era who were kind of all at one point or another circled as like potential world champions who never quite got there. Like him, MVP, Shelton, I think even Mr. on a lesser level. Kennedy's a great one. That's the, I didn't think of him. Yeah. Chris Masters, I think, is one, right? Mm-hmm. These kind of ruthless aggressionary guys who, for, for whatever reason, each of them are different, didn't quite reach the the the, uh, the pinnacle. Um, Colito has been off the national stage for... It's got to be over a decade, right? It has yeah, to be. He left, I think he left time, around. Bro. I think he left around 2010, 2011. Um, well, you want to say about Chris Masters? He had bigger things planned in his future. He was a national NWA true. national champion. Was well, a lot of those. I mean, Sherwin's had a great career still, right? I mean, he worked Japan an awful lot in the 2010s, and he's back now. Obviously, an MVP. I think he's like one of the most underrated assets in wrestling. What he could do as a manager. I think he's a terrific manager and he's shown that in WWE yeah. this last couple of years. So they've all had good careers and Carlito has just been, he's been away from the national stage for a long time. So it would be nice for him to kind of close his career out in, in style. Right? I think he's in his mid forties now. So hopefully he can do so. Well, yeah. And uh, you, you mentioned not the, you know, not the time in WWE that he's from and, uh, you know, the WWE fans, WWE universe, whatever you want to call them, they definitely <laughs> have a very big endearment to people from that, uh, from that era specifically. Maybe even more so than the Attitude Era, you know, um, unless, of course, obviously not like Stone Cold and The Rock, you know, but um, in terms of like, if, like, if you were to take like a mid-carder or upper mid-carder from, the uh, ruthless aggression era, it probably moved the current audience a bit more than, you know, your upper mid Carter from back there. Right. So, um, yeah, definitely a lot of endearment for stars from that time. And, you know, every, everyone remembers Carlito, bro, you know. Uh, how much you remember about him definitely varies, but everyone at least remembers Carlito. So um, I think he'll get a very warm reception if he is to head back in the um, next couple of weeks. You know, Monty, before we move on, <clears throat> this is saying that someone brought to me that Colito was. They were saying he was one of the last guys to get the old school WWE introduction with the big vignettes. Because remember, he had all the vignettes with the spitting of the apple, and famously, he did that once, and they said that's the gimmick, and that would be. And it's like there is there is certainly an interesting correlation. It's not the podcast that is here, but you know, guys who get that big vignette introduction like the stars of, of the 80s did, they certainly st- live long in the memory, it seems, right? Even if they don't have mm-hmm. extended runs, wherever it may be. So someone said he was like the last guy in that regard. So I'd be intrigued to, to kind of know who else has come since then. But nonetheless, proceed as you will, Mummy. <laughs> we'll do. Uh, next up, moving on. Um, Fuego Del Sol is leaving AEW when his contract expires on July 1st. Of course, <laughs> Fuego was kind of a, a dark favourite people would get behind and sort of like that. Um, he's had a few cool moments on AWTV. The match with Miro was, um, you know, he, he almost made the people believe that Miro might lose to him. Um, and obviously him getting his contract as well is, is a, um, a memory that a lot of AEW fans will remember. But it looks like he's going into free agency, so 
all the best of luck to him. I don't think anyone can be overly surprised with where AEW is at right now. You know, it's not like he was on TV every week. Um, I always, I always kind of liked Fuego, man. I thought he was very good in his squash matches and stuff. You know, um, great bumper, great seller. Um, yeah, man. But we'll see what he can cook on the Indies. I don't know what, um, I don't know what that'll hold for him, but. Yeah, man. Best of luck to Fuego. Don't know if any of you guys got anything to add, but um, yeah, man. Um, I was glad to hear that he's like cleared from his injury now. And yes, he can like get back to wrestling and doing what he does. <laughs> I liked him. I think he was a good character in AEW, and I hope he has a good indie run, indies run, and he can do what he wants to. So. Yeah. yeah, he's an interesting one. He's a a talented guy who I think you know it was a it was a great moment him getting the contract. It was always difficult to see what his like long term role would be. You know, you'd be right. Well. Sorry, Joe. Come on. Another one. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Bro, he done such a good job in that match, man. Yeah. Um yeah, I don't know. It's it's interesting. Like I he's kind of an unfortunate case, right? I think he's quite admirable in the way that he maxes out what he's what he can do. I think he's mm-hmm. really quite impressive. But some guys, and I, this is no way to say this like a dick, but his ceiling is still only going to go so high, right? And the AEW he signed on to, like, I mean, it was already adding a lot of talent. By the time he would have been there for about three or four months, it was even more loaded than it was already. So it, it's really difficult to see where he would fit yeah. on AEW long-term. And that was kind of an issue for him in general, but he was terrific as an enhancement talent. I think the big question for him is what does he want to do what kind of role does he want to play? Um, there are certainly places where he can be more pivotal and more central. If that's what he wants to do, hopefully he can find them. But uh, very, very talented guy. Best of luck to him, certainly. Yeah, man. Shout out for that guy. Best of luck to him. And also uh, happy to hear that he's cleared, you know, because he was dealing with uh, a few injury issues the past uh, couple, past year or so, you know. So, uh, yeah, Fuego is departing AEW. Um Right, uh, rampage spoilers. This is your warning. Five, four, three, two, one. Rampage spoilers. Uh, there's no Jim Ross, as he said at the end of um, I believe it was Collision or whatever. Um, no Jim Ross. We got. It looks like John Hennigan, um, John Morrison, Johnny Elite, whatever the fuck you want to call him at the moment. It looks like um, you know, he he appears on Rampage. He looks like he could be aligning himself with the QTV crew. Um, also, we had after the Jack Perry versus Dookie match, Sonada shows up on the show and has a face to face with Jack Perry as well. Uh, also, kind of like the big one coming out of this is Alan Cole's match for Forbidden Door. Uh, that was uh, given to us on Rampage, and it looks like it's going to be Tom Lawler. So, um, a few notable Rampage spoilers there. Uh, anything that catches your eye, Charlie? The Adam Cole, uh, Tom Lawler match. When I saw that, I was just like, that's so random. But I'm really mm-hmm. excited for it. I love Filthy Tom Lawler. I think he's great. So him getting a spot on Forbidden Door just makes me really happy. I'm really excited for that. Yeah, Tom Lawler, it's, uh, he's one, he definitely wants a match on these shows, you know. Um, mm-hmm. He's uh, good for him, man. You know, Tom Lawler's a good wrestler. And uh, we'll see what Adam Cole and him can cook up. It's not really like the match on the top of my list sort of thing, you know, but yeah. it's not something that I'm turning my nose up at either. So, 
yeah, any of those Rampage spoilers catch you a Roy Hulbert? Um, none of them are really aimed at old Joey being bong, but that's okay. He's mm. one and a half as of late. He'll let other people enjoy their Friday nights with Rampage. Johnny, uh, I recently reviewed a John Hennigan MLW title defense in my match guide. <laughs> really get that out. Sorry, folks. And, uh, you know, I think he's finally turned the corner here at around 43 years old. I think he's figuring it out. And he's a nice right. I mean, he's going to be in the uh, QTB business, which could be funny, I guess, if you're into that kind of thing. I don't really have any interest in the things yeah. here. But, I mean, I'm happy yeah. for Filthy Tom. I like Filthy Tom as a wrestler. I don't necessarily love the matchup with Cole. But, like, it might surprise me. You know, Cole has just had a great show last week, so hopefully he can build on that. But at least Rampage has got some newsworthy stuff. Right? That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, what else we got? Uh, by the way, I think the I think the Tom Lawyer stuff's cool then, of course, because it adds another layer. Yeah. You mean like yeah. a closet or something now, Manny? We <laughs> whispering <laughs> to us? Like my bad. I'm, I'm laying down because my phone was about to die. Okay. Oh, God bless you, man. Um, well, yeah, Forbidden Door, of course, some of the matches got um, announced on Dynamite and stuff like that. So, uh, current. Look at this. Look at that. Man. Beautiful. Incredible. <laughs> um, right, so as far as I'm aware, this is the updated Forbidden Door card. We have Brian versus Okada, Osprey versus Omega, the two big ones. Um, we have Jack Perry versus Sonata for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. We have Tanahashi versus MJF for the AEW Heavyweight Championship. We have Shibata versus ZSJ versus Daniel Garcia versus Orange Cassidy for the International Championship. We have Tony Storm versus Willow Nightingale for the AEW Women's Championship. We have The Elite and Eddie Kingston and Ishii versus the Blackpool Combat Club and Takeshita. We have Suzuki, Jericho and Sammy Guevara versus Darby Allin, Sting and a third man yet to be announced and Adam Cole versus Tom Lawler um, yeah man the card's taken shape a few a few cool multi-mans that have been added of course it wouldn't be a New Japan influence card if we didn't get our cool multi-mans in there you know mm-hmm. uh, very good shit I'm happy with the way this card has taken place uh, taken shape sorry um, on paper it's definitely a improvement on last year's but last year's ended up being the you know the consensus show of the year. So, um, you know, <laughs> this could be a very special show. Like I've mentioned a few times this week, Tony Khan has mentioned that he thinks it's going to be the best show that either company has ever put on. But, um, just kind of your overarching thoughts on the card, um, Manny, before you phone those. Oh, the show, uh, it's going to be awesome. You know, there's going to be so many, uh, Great matches, top to bottom. Maybe cla- there's going to be some classics on here. There's potential for all-time matches, and I'm super excited. And of course. Um, Good stuff. Shout out Victor Wimbiamba. Yes. He's a spur. He's a spur. Um, Charlie, uh, you happy with the card? What do you think of it? Yes. It's really hard to predict what's going to be like my favorite match coming out of this. Like, mm. it's probably going to be the elite one because I am who I am. But there's so much, like, on it. It's, it just looks so fucking good. And, like, on the zero hour, that's where um, Athena and Billy Starks is happening as well. 
and I think there's potentially going to be like a House of Black match as well. Oh, so there's just Punk so versus much. Kojima. I forgot about that one. And Did Punk versus Kojima, yeah. Oh, oh, cool. God, I can't wait for that. Everyone knows it. That's like my most hyped <laughs> thing of the card, obviously. Um, but no, I'm just really fucking excited to be there for it. It's going to be insane. And I don't care how long the show is. It could go for five hours. I'm, I'm going to be in the building. It's going to be great. I mean, you probably will, you know, so. Yeah. <laughs> um, good shit, though, Joe. Strong card. Oh, yeah. Incredible card. It's, you know, you never want to be, uh, you never want to expect too much because you feel like your sentence is about to be disappointed. But honestly, like, it feels like it would take some real bad luck for this not to be a classic show. Like, it genuinely, this, there are certain people you can put together where it's like, there's just no way they don't have great matches, you know? The top two matches, it goes without saying, but the multi-man stuff is going to be a blast too. And it's just, I don't know. I think it's such a hilarious improvement improvement on last year's show, considering how great that show was. It's kind of a ridiculous thing to put together, as you laid out earlier, Monty. Like, yeah, so last year was probably the best show of the year, and this show looks like four or five times better than it. That's a mathematical equation that I have yet to come to grips with, but this should be one of the great shows. I mean, it really should be. And there are going to be multiple matches on here that, you know, within them, there are these singular moments where people come to their feet because they can't believe what they're seeing. And that's, that's what it's all about. I, Moxley has kind of regularly framed this show as this kind of celebration of wrestling. I think he calls it right. Something to that effect. And yeah. he's spot on. I mean, it's, it's really special. And it's been amazing to watch this concept kind of grow and expand from, you know, way back in the day when world championship wrestling would bring the new Japan guys over and they'd kind of be, I mean, they would make a big deal of it. And Starcade 95 obviously was all built around it, but it, you know, the crowds didn't, <laughs> they wasn't seeing, you know, uh, Hashimoto mm. or whatever and being like, finally, um, that, that's definitely changed now, yeah. you know, the way that like the hardcore US fans see like the overseas guys from Japan. Right. And you've seen that, a lot. We've watched that evolution, right? Like in the mid two thousands, you started seeing the Noah guys get huge reactions in Ring of Honor. And then in the mid twenty tens, some it kind of was a shift where the new Japan guys became the main attraction of Ring of Honor's product for a while there, and that was an issue in itself. And now the natural evolution of that is that we have the big stage and the big arenas of, of World Championship Wrestling from back in the day, but with the responses the guys were getting in Ring of Honor, it's, it's really, really cool. I mean, again, Charlie brought up earlier, the response that Ishii got on Dynamite. And I know he's been on AEW, but that's incredible to think about when you really consider like where Ishii's at in the card at this point. But people love him. It, there's such a respect and adoration. So it's a celebration of wrestling. That's the best way I put it. I can't wait. It'll be some good shit. Very good shit. Um, but yeah, just a quick couple of things to touch on before we get out of here. A little bit of ratings talk. Uh, Dynamite done a point three three, which is kind of on their high end, to be fair. Like, usually the range is around about 0.28 to 0.33. So um, good to see them get that on a go-home. Collision on Saturday drew 816,000 viewers with a 0. 0.33 rating, which Locker just said is kind of the high end of Dynamite ratings these days, with a range between 0. 0.28 and 0. 0.33. Um, of course, that's a great start, genuinely a great start. Um, honestly, probably a little bit above my expectations for it, and my expectations weren't low at all. I was very optimistic. Um, but yeah, 0. 0.33 is definitely a great start. Um, we'll see what it settles at because obviously this was a debut show. It was punctured time, etc., etc. But if it does settle at around 0.25, that would be um, that would be. I think that would be very, very successful. The um, the network, of course, would be over the moon with that. But um, yeah, man. Um, so that's collision. 
good stuff, good start there. And uh, I wanted to touch on the Seth Rollins thing in X2 because it was quite incredible. Um, so, of course, Seth Rollins, he defended the World Heavyweight Championship versus Braun Breaker, one of NXT's top stars on NXT on Tuesday. And, of course, the question going into that would be, like, is Seth going to like, make a difference in the ratings? Like, of course, he was always going to boost it a little bit because it's like Seth Rollins, but um, how significant how significant it would be was always going to be the question. And uh, that question got answered today in quite an emphatic way. So um, Seth Rollins, uh, NXT, his quarter defined, it was in, it was kind of throughout the show, but um, his quarter reaches the overrun as well with the Braun Breaker match. So the actual match itself did a peak of 900k with a 0.29 demo rating in the key demo which is like a fucking dynamite rating you know <laughs> on an yeah. nxt tuesday so uh that experiment definitely worked i think it's fair to say seth rollins to the surprise of pretty much nobody is a pretty big draw um in terms of tv ratings if you can do that and um yeah i just felt like that was definitely worth um mentioning Look, because that was impressive he's never going to be my favorite guy by any means but it has to be said, it is incredibly impressive that Seth appears to be more over now than ever before. Because that is like, how long has he been up now? This is what, his 11th year on the main roster? He's been world champion multiple times over. He's been the top guy on a couple of occasions. Not the top guy, but like he's been, 11, you know, 12, a brand. 11, yeah, yeah. That kind of range. And it's like, there was a couple points in that run where it felt like Seth was kind of, you know, he'd kind of reached the end of his run in a lot of ways. Um I remember certainly before they put him back with with Mox, he was doing a program with Bray Wyatt. And I remember the conversation, but I don't know what Seth's going to do next. That was like six years ago, you know? So it's like credit to him. And I know a lot of folks have fun with like, it's actually the song, but look, they, they love that guy. You know, I, I watch uh, for the match card, I watch like a lot of his bigger matches. Obviously, I watched the Brom one this week. And it is incredible how little he has to do to get the people to be totally rocking for his comeback, you know, like he can, he just has to give the heel about four or five minutes and he's, they're rocking and rolling. They're ready for his comeback. They're yeah. up for me. He's, he's over huge credit to him. It's, it's been, it's honestly doesn't, I think get enough credit that he's got this point during, you know, this deep into his run. It's very impressive. Yeah, absolutely. Very, very impressive. Um, especially with what he was able to pull off on Tuesday. Um, yeah. But yeah, man, like I said, Collision, great start. Dynamite, strong, um, strong rating this week. Um, and again, Seth absolutely proved his worth and then some. Um, anything else that any of you, that you guys want to talk about? Anything in the live chat anyone wants to ask us? Because I think we may be good. Let's get the fuck out of here, you know? We're good to go, mate. I think we're good to, go. Go. We're good um, to go. I would like to congratulate Nick Alvarez on his heel turn last week. A little late to that. Important, uh, we, yeah. yeah, we're coming for the big one here in a couple of weeks, but mm-hmm. what a time. Seriously, you know, I know we're, we're having a lot of fun yeah. with the victory lap business and all that, and obviously the, the great irony of me doing that on this show is that Charlie is literally going to this show and he's the one who should actually <laughs> take a victory lap. Never been armed with great self-awareness. But it's I say it every week, have fun with this. This is this is exciting yeah. stuff. There's so much going on right now. Whatever your preferred taste is, it's a blast, so. Great it's to definitely be something again. for everyone. Yeah. Right now. Love like, all wrestling. I'm so, look, I know that's lame and I know it's boring. And <laughs> oh seriously. No, with this, this stuff again. Manny, just for a minute. <laughs> seriously. 
This is this is important. <laughs> Monty runs down this card and he goes, "Oh yeah, Punk's wrestling Kojima." This is what time are we living in here? You know. Yeah. And it's crazy. like I understand why he forgot it because on this show it's like what eight from the top or whatever. But it's like mm-hmm. that's an ins- that's a. I mean, I'm not saying it's even going to be a great match. It'll be fine, but it's a hilarious match. If nothing else, it's just. I don't know. I'm I'm trying my best to enjoy the ride. I've I've never been particularly good yeah. at that. But I'm trying to be better in that regard right now because it's just a blast. So much good stuff going on. Beautiful, beautiful stuff. And uh, I guess with that, we are going to get out of here. Um, quick plugs before we get out of here. Um, as always, the Unpurious podcast tomorrow at six pm Eastern. Um, I'm sure they're going to be taking a bit of a closer look at Forbidden Door as well and doing whatever stuff they want to do tomorrow. Of course. Appreciate it if you guys tune into that one. Um, Joe Horbert's match guide, of course, that was posted early this week. Um, Charlie is going to Forbidden Door, but when she comes back, I believe she has a feature cooking up. Um, yes. I was hoping to get it out this week, but it's been a busy week. It, it yeah. will come eventually, <laughs> I promise. That There's a feature coming. And honestly, it. it coming out after Forbidden Door would kind of make sense because it is about Orange Cassidy, so... This is just another thing I can throw in for it. So keep an eye Wonderful. out for that. Um, follow me on Twitter because I will be talking a lot this weekend about the wrestling I'm going to watch. And um, just another thing quickly. Yeah, a lot of wrestling. Um, I recorded an episode of Tag Talk with Kylie and Haley from Fightful Overbooked and that will be coming out next week. So if you like Elite Law, watch that because that's what we spent an hour talking about. <laughs> God bless. And uh, Manny, of course, he wants to um, have a message from Manny the Hooper who would like to say that, um, you know, the Spurs are going to take over the world with their number one draft pick. He's very excited about it. Um, yeah, but yeah. And just like fucking any other day, my luck, bro. My, 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 my Wi Fi is, is down and I can't watch YouTube TV, so I missed it. Ooh. <laughs> Bro, the That's tone brutal, that Manny man. hit there was something else. And it just sounded like fucking. Sound like some pizza. Sound like some pizza down the local. Bro, I, I've been hyped for this for two weeks. And then I've been making my whole day around it. I was going to get some. I was going to do some stuff around here. And then, fuck, bro. They can't watch this shit. Heartbreak and stuff for you. Well, you know, fucking Dame's days are, Dame's days are numbered in Portland. Manny is going to be navigating these continued Wi-Fi issues on tonight's episode of The Late Night Grim, which is now Mm -hmm. 40 minutes away, twitch.tv slash late night grim. We're going to do a more formal Forbidden Door preview over there, so please do join us. The band is back together. (laughs) (laughs) Beautiful. Look at that. Lovely closing image. Um, But yeah, of course, as always, please like subscribe we've appreciated the super chats um please turn on our post notifications because apparently that's what youtubers tell people to do um what else have we got and um don't forget the most important agenda in wrestling peace out everyone